they come from beyond the stars, the children of the old ones. Through the void, they sail in majestic golden vessels powered by the fire of suns and aglow with cosmic energies. They come wielding weapons of celestial stone and sorceries of unimaginable power to say nothing of the scaled titans that stomp at their side. They come to do the work of their lost gods, and they let nothing stand in their way. Every culture has its tales of the Seraphon, but none can claim to truly understand them. They are as inscrutable as the constellations that weave across the night sky, their celestial radiance blinding to those who would unravel their mysteries. Enigma piles upon enigma, for legend speaks of reptilian armies both manifesting from the light of the stars and marching from the depths of steaming jungles. There is truth to both of these tales, for the Seraphon are a race of bipartite aspects, divided between the heavenly and nigh-on ethereal starborn and the ferociously tangible coalesced who stalk the realms. The Seraphon exist to destroy chaos, to scour its poison from the face of reality. Only then can they truly complete the work for which their creator God spawned them. A great plan that will refine creation to a state of perfect, unimpeachable order. Guided by the slan, mage lords of formidable power and foresight, the Seraphon purge corruption wherever it lies, unleash geomantic energies against their enemies, and crush misrule beneath their cold-blooded ferocity. All the while, they monitor the return of civilization to the realms, ensuring the nations of man, elf, and dwarden cannot threaten the great plan by savage force if necessary. Those who would shatter or profane the cosmic order will perish. May the will of the old ones be done. Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next three hours or thereabouts, we're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way. Bringing you Starborn, Coalesced, and all sorts of cold-blooded goodness, I'm Dave Witek, and with me... Uh, well, right after the first break, uh, joining me will be Chris Walker. Now, uh, before we get started, got to go through the, the motions here. And got to thank all the people who make this show possible, because wouldn't be one without these people. And those people include Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Six Squared Studios. And, of course, Grognard Games in both... Roselle and Batavia, Illinois, where there's always something happening at Grognards. That's right. And our Patreon sponsors. That includes our associate producers, Jake C., James Brown, Old Man Yeti, and George Stradone, as well as our executive producer, Scotty Milne. Um, want to thank all those guys for being part of that almost 1% who make this show and all our shows possible. Now, I also want uh, to uh, take a moment to just reach out to the Patreon patrons who listen to the show and say, please check Patreon because we have uh, a survey up and some other stuff up there and um, we've got some new things happening. We've even gotten some Patreon um, hobby nights in the past week or two and we will be doing several more of those over the summer. Uh, I'm just, uh, I, drop a, I drop a Zoom link uh, in the patreon page and uh and people are just joining in and 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 we've been hobbying and having a really good time so please check your patreon 
uh, messages and things like that because there's going to be stuff there for you. So thank you for doing that. Now, you may also know by now that we have voicemail, and uh, we're going to play the voicemails uh, once Chris gets here. But if you wanted to call and leave a voicemail, like you come back after the break and Chris is here and we're listening to a voicemail and you're like, wow, that's awesome. I wish I could leave a voicemail. But Dave, how do I leave a voicemail? Well, it's simple. You call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's right. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Most international callers dial 00. And then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. You can do that and call right now. You could pause the show and call and leave a message and be like, hey, it's me. And that would be cool. And then um, you could say something after that because that would, would not be enough. But you get what I'm saying. So we have we have one message. Uh, and we're going to play that when we get back. Uh, I'm going to jump right into the break. Um, I am excited about this Seraphon book. Um, the new models are amazing. It's about time they got more than one model in a release. Um, the lore is wonderful. Um, they took a lot of things that they tried when they started, and it's finally, finally, five years later, seems to take some really serious well put together shape here um it makes sense it's interesting and i really like it so when we come back that's what we're gonna do and i will talk to you guys shortly this is brian blessed and you're listening to garage hammer jaguar and we're back and chris is here Chris. hey hello Crips. all right chris is here and uh chris i did all the intro-y stuff but we got a voicemail Sweet. So I'm going to play the voicemail. This is Sean from Raleigh, North Carolina. Just one moment here. Yeah. And here we go. Hey, Garage Hammer Geeks. This is Sean. I am calling from south of Raleigh, North Carolina. I was calling just to say, keep up the good work, guys. I really appreciate everything you do and for keeping me up to date with the Age of Sigmar scene. I uh, don't really play a whole lot lately ever since my like gaming group fell apart about uh, 12 to 15 months ago. I've been playing a lot of Lord of the Rings lately, so I still have the war gaming, but I don't uh, play a lot of Age of Sigmar. So the, the work you do, the work you guys do on like keeping me up to date on the books and the meta and the lore has been really great. So I just wanted to say I really appreciate it. But thanks, guys. All right. All right. You too. Could have your voicemail right on air. Yeah. Anybody, you just call and leave a voicemail. That's what mm. we like. Leave a voicemail. Yeah, do it. Yep. All right. So, all right, we got that done. Seraphon, this yeah. book's great. Yeah, it's cool. This might be some of my favorite lore right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a, seems like a pretty thick book, too. Is it longer than? Well, it's 47 pages of lore. Right now, which is actually a bit longer than the last couple we've had. Yeah. But, uh, whoops. Digging it. But this one, it's it's really tying together all the stuff that started in the beginning that didn't quite make any sense. And they're like, yeah, yeah. of course it didn't make any sense. You're hearing the stories from the humans. Right. They don't know what the heck's going on. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they kind of go all in with the temple ships and the whole thing. It, 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 you know what the funniest part is once the game or once the, the, the book kind of you know explains it, I'm like, oh wait, okay, I get it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I totally get it. And it's just crazy that it makes sense, but it does. It just, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, well, that's that's how you got it set up. I mean, I, I got it. It works. I'm not yeah. going to complain. Um, it's much better than they're literally just always star creatures. That was so weird. Yeah, that was weird. And the slan dreamed them up. Well, they, they, they do mention that in here. It's like some people thought that the slan dreamed up their warriors. Like, that's not really true. But well, no, it kind of is, though. But, I mean, it kind of is. Like, that's part right. of it. It's like, yeah, that's that's basically what happens, but not yeah. exactly. It's like, not all exactly. right. <laughs> so let's get into it, though. Um, yeah. It, it says every action taken by the Seraphon is filled with merciless purpose. Uh, they're an ancient race crafted eons ago by the mysterious cosmic beings known as the Old Ones to help bring the universe in line with their great plan. Great yeah, that's, plan, all, that's, always, that's always been the thing with the Slum, right? They always got this great plan. Yeah, they've always got the great <laughs> plan, and it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy reading this to me. Yeah, they so they're like they were always like masters of like the earth, right? They could like move stuff around and they could yeah. like reform like a river, bend a river a different way. Or... Well, and this really goes back mm. to the early lore from Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah, uh, the the old ones, not the great old ones. That's Cthulhu. These are just the other old ones. <laughs> yeah. Although they are reptilian, so at first when I saw that, I'm telling you, uh-huh. when I first started reading this and they were reptilian and they were talking about the old ones, I'm like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. But nope, they're the good ones. So they created the world that was. They created it, and it had no creatures really on it until they created the Seraphon. Yeah. And the Seraphon were like their conduits. They would do a lot of the work and create things, and they created the the Slan, who are the most the most magical of creatures in the Warhammer world. Right. Um, not only that, um, that they're the most magical. But if you don't know a lot of the w- lore of the world that was, they brought magic to the old the world. Elves. Yeah, to the uh, elves and yeah. stuff. The yeah. elves were taught magic. The breaking of the magic into the, you know, into the distinct, uh, distinct winds, each wind of magic, each different type of magic. Yeah, that uh, was that, that was done. That was also done so that they could teach magic to the humans, right? Yes, that's the elves. Ha- the elves helped break it down that way because humans could only handle about one. Mm-hmm. They were not as magical, um, but yeah. So the slan are the ones who brought magic, taught magic, and helped shape. The world that was, and right. then you know. Um, well, then they also created like the creatures, right? The other races, like the elves, yeah, the dwarves, the humans. Yeah, it's it's yeah. crazy how much they did back there. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the enemies of chaos, right? Uh, that's basically the biggest problem uh, in the world that was. Was you had these these warp gates basically at the at the poles of the planet, yeah, and. Um, the slan would go in and out of it. That's how the old ones traveled. And then one day, the warp gate in the north, the uh, shattered, was destroyed, and chaos and the the chaos magic just kept coming through it. Um, yeah, it was a portal to it was a portal to the realm of chaos, basically, which is kind of a bummer. But was it? But it waxed and waned. It waxed and waned, like based on. I thought it was an how old much, ones portal, much, but when the old ones disappeared, what? when that thing blew up, chaos started coming through it. I thought it was like a webway portal, like from 40K. Oh. It was their way to traverse the warp without getting chaos in it there, but something was, got I thought it was destroyed. Like, and, I, thought it was like, I thought it was like corrupted by chaos, so now it was like more of like a, well, yeah, but like now, a yeah. portal to 
Yeah. Now that it's so been that's destroyed, where, like, all the chaos magic that's, would come in. Yes. Yeah. All the chaos magic would pour down from the north, and that's yeah. But that was, like I said, it's also I, the source of magic for the world too, which is kind of weird. Which is crazy that that yeah, magic comes from from chaos. That like how exactly all that worked, nobody quite understands exactly what all happened. You just had to have this gateway that chaos would keep spilling out of, mm-hmm. and it got bigger and smaller just naturally. Yeah, you know, sometimes it would be super powerful, and a lot of the you know, chaos would encroach into the northern realms of like the Empire and Kislev, and and that was when sometimes it would back, sometimes it would back off, and that, you know, that was when more sleep was high, when more yeah. sleep was was waxing yeah. in the sky, it would open up. It was crazy. Yeah, it was kind of cool actually. Yeah, um, but it was, but they created all of it, and then when the world that was was being destroyed. Uh, they lived in these ziggurats in yeah. the jungles, and all of a sudden, the ziggurats just yeah. all started to light up yeah. and took off into space. And they, Seraphine just dipped, you know. Yep. Like, See ya. Um, so, but now we we did talk about some of that early lore where it says most Seraphon are creatures of flesh and blood, albeit with Azerite magic glimmering in their veins. They are not mm-hmm. born naturally, but rise fully formed from spawning pools. Spawning pools are sensitive to etheric energy, and the ambient magic they absorb is a profound effect on the Seraphon who emerge from the from within. Um, yeah. Pools located so the, that are up near Azir are more starboard. Basically, the farther you out in the ether and in space, those yeah. pools are going to produce starborn. The starborn, so they bleed. Azerite magic, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. They are so charged with celestial magic that their essence reacts to that of other realms. They appear almost ethereal. They shimmer like radiant phantoms, and when wounded, yes, yeah, starlight rather. So that's your starborn. That's what was mm-hmm. those early things. They're up there. They're so. They're up in the ether. They're up in all the yeah. celestial energy. So that is permeated through them at this point. Sort of right. like Superman soaking up the rays of the yellow sun, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. basically, right? Mm-hmm. They're out there soaking up this etheric magic from the from this from the realms. And they're super magical beings. And before they came down to the mortal realms, they were out there for eons. So basically yeah. they were all Yeah. Just purely magical things. Right, but they were... So they sort of got their power like from the world that was, too. So they were basically running these ships on like the Slan's latent energy. And like they're getting... The, more, the longer they're away from you know the world that was, the weaker these ships are getting. They're, they're sort of starting to, to founder out in the void. And uh-huh. pretty soon that, that's going to be it. And then they find Dracothian. Yeah, or Dracothian finds them, one of the two. Um, Now, um, sometimes these big, the the temple vessels have to land and Mm -hmm. now... The if you if you've been listening to the show, you know like the stuff Bellacor did, cor- corrupting the geomantic lines. Well, they yeah. can see the geomantic lines like like it's just glowing on a map, you know. And this is a stuff. Uh, I, I know they call it the great math, this geomantic math they do, and they they look at all this stuff, but they can see where these potent sites are, and sometimes they're just like, nope, we got to land here and take this spot. And we ain't giving it up, so we are permanently landing here. As they are out of the celestial realm and in the mortal realms, 
longer. That's when they be. That's when they coalesce. They are the coalesce, yeah. the ones who are not pure beings of starlight anymore. Yeah, they actually they turn from starborn into creatures coalesce. that are more like flesh and blood, and you know they're more earthly. Yes, I mean they're still powerfully magical. Mm-hmm. But they are they don't bleed starlight and stuff like that any you know yeah. they're they're like normal right. they're like the old lizard men yeah. okay um, right. anyone who they even, is, they even called they even mentioned that they are lizard men in this book I thought that was kind of a cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah, uh, yeah I like yeah, that too a nice like, little nod yeah um so but now once you're there like if you're born if 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 you're made from a spawning pool in the mortal realms. You will just be created as coalesced. Yeah. Um, just because that's where they have been for so long. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if the coalesced go up into space and stay up there that they would become starborn again. Oh, that's I, interesting. I, yeah, I, don't I don't know, know. how that works. I, I find it very... Uh, like I said, I get what happened. It like does how happen. Became, yeah. It does happen. Like the, Sometimes the temple ships take off and they shoot off into the void. And, and none of them were starborn when they were in the world that was. So no. to become starborn after all that time, and granted, they were out there for a long time. There was many generations born out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I would think if you're out there long enough, you would become starborn again. I just I like this whole idea of how that works. Yeah, that was cool. I never really understood that before. Nope. And now this this kind of like lays it out very, very nicely. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole nice little thing here about uh, the old ones talking about other uh, powers. Um, if you follow the, I believe, I would say the general consensus of most people I know who know both of these games uh, is that the old ones were the old ones that the Necrons killed. And yeah. the destruction of the portal in the world that was, was during the great battle between the Necrons mm-hmm. And the old ones, and they destroyed the old ones. Yep. And that's what caused the portal. And so the Slan are working uh, tirelessly to to create to finish the work of their people who they don't know where they are, but they have faith that they're coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really there's some interesting stuff here. Um, I like that, uh, and when it talks about them, it says. Uh, their origins are veiled in allegory and myth, even to themselves. Yeah. Um, the only long-lived sl- only the long-lived slant are qualified to speak upon that era, and per- not, perhaps not even they know for certain because time flows strangely around them. There are things that happen. The Seraphon are no strangers to gaps in their racial memory, and they accept them with cold-blooded stoicism. Yeah, it just doesn't bother them because they're just like, okay. You live because that I, long, I, you forget things. Yeah, and I think they have the – it says kind of mentions that they have the ability to look back at those records, but those records are sealed because it has a lot to do with, like, the old wars against chaos, and they don't want to, like, revisit those – Yeah those times even in their history because it's dangerous yeah i mean it makes sense mm-hmm. and uh there, there's just it, there's so much cool stuff in here because there are those little gaps there's so many storytelling opportunities that they that they that they really plant in here mm-hmm. uh, by doing stuff like this uh basically as they were flying out there in space they all started dying like you said because right. they as they started running out of power uh, the only the only thing basically that survived were the slan, mm-hmm. and uh, they were starting to run out of power, and that's when Dracothian finds them. Yeah, and well, mentions they put their servants in 
arcane biostasis. Right. So kind of like cryogenically froze them. Right, so that they'd be around, so that they could revive mm-hmm. them because you couldn't go, they couldn't let them go extinct. Right. And so the uh, Slan are telepathic, as we know, and they forged a link with Dracothian, and they talked to him for a while. It's just, it, there's a really wonderful bit of story here. Yeah. Um, like he, he, like they tell him about all the things that happened and how the 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 chaos gods destroyed the world that was, and he cries, mm-hmm. and they become friends, and it's all this wonderful thing. Yeah, um, and basically, he leads them to the mortal realms. Yeah, and he and he takes them there, you know, and that's now. Mm-hmm. I like this part here where it's like, okay, then we know the slant came down. We don't know if any of the and it says the lizard men. Survive in stasis. Yeah. Did any lizardmen survive in stasis? Cause I guess that's what they were called. Might as well call them that. That's what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Regaining consciousness. So, or did the Seraphon come out uh, and it was the, the 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 mix of all these other guys, just, you know, the slan redreaming them, like they used to call it, mm-hmm. and the powers there? We don't know because that, they you know, they're, they're, they they're not they, certain. They, yeah. yeah. It was a long time ago. <laughs> so the Starborn were the first breed of Seraphon, and so many ancient tales center around their unearthly nature. The, like, and you know what I love about this? <sighs> we, okay. I feel like the original Seraphon book, when they said about the starlight and all that stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was a great idea that they really failed to execute on. I'm just going to call it like I see it. It was There was an execution <laughs> failure there, you know? Yeah, they didn't yeah. do a good job. It didn't make any sense. You yourself said, "Now you finally get what the heck they're talking about." Right. I was like, "What?" Um, yeah, because they could like you could like summon them. Yeah, like, yeah. Huh? And here they sort of cleverly explained <laughs> yeah. how it is, brought it back to the thing for the people who want to keep it like the old lizard men, mm-hmm. and then they actually write that into the lore. The first one everybody saw, they thought this. So all the historians and all the people in their books and all the all the records we have of them talk about them as mystical creatures dreaming up ethereal spirits. And it's like, oh, yeah. y- you just you just went and backtracked your own lore that you wrote <laughs> as apocryphal because we're just humans and too stupid to understand what it really was. I just right. that's I I love it. It's it's yeah, it's it's, it's a great way to do it. Uh, as more temple feet lands in the realms, they start to uh, coalesce, and there, um, yeah, the story shifted to the to the primal savagery mm-hmm. because living in the jungles now, once they became an actual thing that people you know that weren't just these weird legends, the story sort of shifted. They weren't just dropping out of the skies in flashes of light. There was danger right. in the jungle. Uh, uh, you can still summon. You can still can summon Seraphon if you're Starborn. Yeah, Starborn cool. can summon them, and that's mm-hmm. great. But it's not that they dreamed them up. It's that they're literally summoning them from the ships. They're teleporting them from the ships. Uh, I think that's yeah, what it is. Mean, isn't you, it, basically? Well, you have to generate. You, have to, you generate cosmic power points. Yep, and then you summon and then, them, and I'm assuming that yeah, cosmic power is opening up nice little portals, like they oh. ran, like they ran Crag, uh, Kragnos through. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because it just says summoning Seraphon. At the end of your moon phase, you can spend your cosmic power points to summon a unit. But you can also use it to do other things. But summoning yeah, you can a unit. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. You can heal. You can. Uh, 
So I guess it is more magical, but I'm just assuming they're not really so much as dreaming them because that whole dreaming mm. them thing has been dropped, if you notice. There's no yes, talk of them yeah, dreaming them. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I just have an idea that they're just opening up portals and it's from the place. So it's a temple, the big flashy. Think about it. Yeah. If you're opening up like a, you know, like a portal gun from the game. And I, sure. I, it's or, here, and it's up in the ship, and the ship is nothing but blazing white light and and spirit yeah. and spirit energy and all that. That portal opens, and there's a big flash, and by the time your eyes readjust, there's an army standing there. Yeah, or they or they use like a teleportation, like beam, like Star Trek, and just beam yeah. them down. They may have one. Mm-hmm. They've got well, all of, sorts of crazy tech. It sort, of, it sort of mentions that they do have that. I think it does. Yeah, it does say that they have mm-hmm. it somewhere. I, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it says they don't off. They don't use realm gates if they don't have to. They like they will use a realm gate, but they'd rather use their own tech. Yep. Um, so let's talk the great plan. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, is there an interesting bit in here? Out of all the forces of order. They are the only ones who are not tied by lineage or oaths to a member of the God King's pantheon. Yeah. Uh, so Sigmar's got Sigmar's got no hold on them. Th- there was no there were no seraphons sitting in the great pantheon. They just right. kind of showed up and helped out when they wanted to and left. Mm-hmm. But it's the great plan, a universal blueprint and an all-consuming imperative dealing with the base elements of reality and involves reordering them and purging them of any corrupting influence. Uh, unfortunately, this is where the under this is bananas. This whole third column on page uh, ten, <laughs> yeah, they don't know what the, when they when they had to. What it says here, and this is what you were talking about. They when they rid their servants and themselves of the memories of the first reality splitting war against the demons, they mm-hmm. also purged re- any recollection of the old ones and any specific parameters of the great plan. Though they cast their prodigious yeah. minds along the path of past and future in an effort to divine their creator's will, all that remains are fractured spasms of insight and half-understood decrees transcribed upon it. They're running off. They, they, don't, they don't know. Yeah. They don't yeah, know what like they're a, doing. They've got like the bare bones of it, but they don't have like all the details. So they're trying to just fill in the gaps with their own intuition. Uh, it re- it reminds me of <laughs> Memento, the, the 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 first full big movie from uh, um, Christopher Nolan, with the yeah. guy without the short term memory, and he's got all this stuff written down, mm-hmm. and it, he only knows what he reads. But there's sometimes there's gaps in it, or he changes something. It's like, oh, this is so gonna wind up bad. <laughs> um, and while each slan is wholly committed to furthering the great plan with their damaged memories and millennia of of history that's all in their heads. I mean, think about that. You can't remember stuff you did like 30. There's people you meet, <laughs> you're like, I don't remember you. I went to high school with you for four years. I don't remember right. you. And these guys have lived for thousands, thousands of years. Thousands of years, yeah. Oh, they forget stuff. That's got to be hard. Mm-hmm. Trying to hold this together, man. Like they're polishing brass on the Titanic. It seems like sometimes here, they're just you know, <laughs> it's like oh, or they're you know they're juggling all, all sorts of crazy stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, they I love when they find relics and all this stuff is weird future tech and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, and sometimes a relic or some kind of tablet they'll find will tell them to like to do something, and they don't know why. They should do it. They just do it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like we have this prophecy. Um, yeah, got, I guess I guess I guess we got to do it. So it's part of the great plan. We don't know what it does. We don't know what it means. It could 
wipe out half of a realm, but here it goes. <laughs> and I think it's interesting that it goes as with all of this stuff that's happened, right? They're fighting the bad guys. They're trying to complete the, complete the plan. They now undeniably knew the plan was not destined to succeed of its own accord. Their intervention was <laughs> yeah. needed more than ever. When Nagash's necroquake shook reality, they intervened to prevent Shyish ripping itself apart from the arcane That feedback. was interesting, right? That was interesting. I don't think we knew that before. No, and this is one of the things I've really enjoyed about this book, especially as we yeah. get to the timeline. I have more highlights in the timeline. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the slant are behind just about everything. Right. Which they is... Either, yeah. They either stopped stuff from getting worse, or you know they were they caught the reason why something happened that was cool, or... Yeah. This this lore part this specific element of the lore, which is they were actually whatever you think you know and you think you know the layers and the levels and the and the complications, there's one more. Mm-hmm. There is mm-hmm. one more because the slant saw it coming and even if they couldn't stop it, they did something to mitigate. And this is gonna run right. through this entire book. Yeah. So makes me want to play Seraphon. I'm not going mm-hmm. to. I'm not starting another <laughs> army. I've got too much going on. But yeah, I got to I have to rebase my my guys. This lore is wonderful because it you know and remember when we read Lumineth Realm Lords and how they're trying to get this yeah. great their great, you know, si- fixed civilization work all yeah. and they invite the humans in, the ones who are trainable because you know, they're yeah. stupid. And short-lived. Like settlers, settlers gain, yeah. Yeah, which ones can we train? Uh, and th- we can use them as cannon fodder, but they might come in useful. And then you look, and you're like, wow, that's kind of rough. But, man, you know, they're elves, and they're long-lived, and the techless knows mm-hmm. all this stuff. And it's like, okay, these yeah, guys, the seraph- these yeah, guys the seraph- are techless. Yeah. yeah. These guys are a level a level above that. Exactly. Like, like, and it's like, they're not above, like, if there's, like, elves or dwarden or humans oh, that oh, are, like, in kill their anybody. way. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not above like wiping out some sort of settlement because it's in the wrong spot. Um, that's one of the interesting things. Um, they are. You know what they? They actually kind of. It feels very Eldarish. Like when you read the Eldar, mm-hmm. yeah. and how they'll just show up in a battle and help, or they'll show up in a weird place and wipe out someone that seemed completely peaceful. And mm-hmm. it's just because that's part of the bigger plan. You don't see the plan. Yeah. But the elves do. And now you look and it's the Seraphon who are looking at the elves like you're, they're playing children games. Right. And it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, like that loves this the picture on page 11. Yeah. With like the little slant in the middle. And all like the, the realms. And all the realms are around him. He's like this little slant in the middle. He's like meditating. And like all the energies from all the realms are feeding into him. Yep. That's like that's what that's what they're doing. They're like at the center of this whole web. And they're, you know, making things yeah. happen, and they're and changing little events here and there. And, there are certain mm-hmm. uh, slan who look at Sigmar and Teclas and Alariel very suspiciously, mm-hmm. because they are. It says they are no doubt useful tools with which to dismantle the hegemony of chaos, but their ascension right. is spoken of in none of the old ones' prophecies. And if it wasn't spoken of in the old ones' prophecies, it is suspect. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's wonderful. Uh, okay, so let's see. The Astro Matrix. Yeah. Uh, the Slanets excel at controlling world-shaping energies. And this is the power that binds all the realms together, the Astro Matrix. Mm-hmm. It is the sum of creation, not just the ley lines, 
but the tilt of the rivers, the position of the mountains, the patterns are crate of craters and canyons. All of this is preordained and is a part of this and it all contributes to the energies and how they flow and what they do and this is how the seraphon can literally reshape the world as they see fit around right them. right because if there's like a river that's in the wrong spot or running the wrong direction or a mountain that's not in the right area they'll fix it <laughs> uh-huh to say nope that and- mountain's got to be over there oh i'm sorry your settlement's in the way <laughs> and you know. yep um now with the when the uh when the when the age of chaos started the seraphon's biggest concern isn't that they grabbed so much of the realms or how many people died but that they tore holes in reality to come through yeah and that weakened the whole plan and the whole web and all of that energy was weakened by them ripping holes in it mm-hmm. so that's when they started to identify those nexus points those those geomantic you know uh, hot yeah. spots i suppose it's like where like all the magical you know, veins of energy run together into like a path. You know, they mm-hmm. intersect with each other. Right. So these are these nexus points. So they want to put their temple city there. To hold on to it, to keep it from, because even if, mm-hmm. like, because even if the non-evil people took it, you know, yeah. if the a force of order take, a lot of times these, these big important notes, they just see it as power. They don't yeah. understand what it's really for. So they have to come in there and... Uh, they have to come in there and t- and they, they take these important spots and a lot of times that's where they wind up being that's you know they they become coalesced is once they're once they're put down on a spot permanent as a you know as a permanent uh, stronghold. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. I, was, I thought it was kind of neat where they mentioned the some there's like some some mortal realms like personalities or heroes that are part of the astro matrix. Yes. Like certain names such as Gardist, Gardist, Vendence, Lirior, and even Broad mm-hmm. seem to resound within the Astro Matrix. They are their people purpose is of, unclear. Yeah, those are people of great destiny that shine yeah. brightly among. And that, you know what, if you read the Silmarillion, that's Tolkien talked about that. Ah. Tolkien talked about that a lot, about the music of the Ainur and the how you can almost see like the the lives of people through the different dis, the different it, it all worked through music and how music mm, okay. created everything and then you'd have these long-lived elves with these long musical parts and then these humans that were very short and bleeding but every once in a while these important ones would stand up and their their piece would be heard and they would show up in these things and everyone would see them and know that they were people of importance that's cool. uh, it reminded me a lot of that. I'm and I'm 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 really simplifying it, so don't get mad at me if you've <laughs> read it and you're like, that's not what it is. But it's I'm, I'm trying to you know put it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they use the Dawnbringer Crusades. Of course they do. And not, and here, they, but that's the thing. They use everything. So they yeah. work with Sigmar guys. They're, they're, they're not them. killing them. At least they're not killing them. They'll send out if they know they've got to get there and they're not going to make it. Sometimes yeah. when you know these one in ten that survive, right. it's so funny. I wonder if this one in ten are the ones that the Seraphon are like. This <laughs> one needs to make it because yeah. later, when, if you read the lore on like the Skinks and stuff, a lot of them get sent out ahead and they go out and they clear that path. Like if there's yeah. something that's definitely going to stop a Dawnbringer Crusade that needs to make it, they mm-hmm. clear the way for them. Yeah, they say they'll they'll, they'll follow the trail of bodies <laughs> yeah. to the site where the crusade has to go to like wow okay yeah that's i think that's it's it's crazy 
Mm-hmm. How every part of this you read, you're like, oh, so the Dumbbringer Crusades that succeed seems to be this because they can't claim every nexus. But if a Dumbbringer Crusade is going to the right, some of the smaller ones, if those guys get attacked, look, we can't be ever at once. <laughs> <laughs> but the important ones, we help them. And that's just, this is so nuts, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Only rarely do rarely do they fight alongside a settlement's garrison. But wise donors know, trying to understand Seraphon is futile, just take solace in the fact that they appear to be, uh, be on the God King's side. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, some other stuff. They start talking about uh, with Gur, with the things happening in Gur. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Slan sensed an unshackling of Gur in the form of a deafening howl that jolted even the eldest star masters out of their otherwise impenetrable meditations. Spawning pools in Azir in the lower realm seethed and boiled, and even newly spawned Starborn were observed to be possessed of a fury beyond that which had come before. No slan had foreseen the return of Kragnos. Nevertheless, at the violence... Okay. Um, did, it, did, did that bother you? They uh, see everything coming. Yeah. They have all these plans, and none of them saw Kragnos returning. It, that's yeah. kinda, that kind of scares kinda, me. Does that, that not bother it, you a bit? It does. I mean... Uh, I mean, that, maybe that's just more, more Kragnos just being more powerful than they thought he is. But, I mean, but I mean, they see everything happening, and then yeah. it says, as creatures of primal aspect, many Seraphon, especially the Coalesce, could perceive the stomp, while the single-minded Saurus and Croxagor found their natural aggressions heightened. So the great stomp, they can hear it too. Yeah, war beasts hatched by the Seraphon proved especially susceptible to the stomp. Mm-hmm. Uh, magically altered jungles in which they dwelt were rendered more and more inhospitable uh, as realm shaper engines were overloaded with primal energy and so their realm shaper engines which yeah. is literally they have yeah. um, I mean this it's is short out yeah but what I mean realm shaper what do we all call them in science fiction all the time um, terraforming oh, like ter- terraforming engines terraforming yeah, yeah. engines yeah they like use these to like change a desert into a jungle yeah with cert- within certain voidcraft, entire ziggurats had to be sealed or jettisoned to prevent hordes of rampaging monsters or uncontrollable growth from the world chambers destroying the ship. Mm-hmm. And then the life thing go. I mean, all this happens. Uh, realm shapers, long drained of power, suddenly crackled to wakefulness, though the surge of rampant life energy saw the environs they produced become increasingly unpredictable. Um and I like his more traditionalist slan viewed Alarial as a meddler in the plan, no different than the Gash <laughs> yeah. or Kragnos, and equally deserving of opposition. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, and then the incarnates they started seeing, and they're like, what is yeah. happening? And it's yeah. not until you get to the Lord Croaklore. Right. And where they like, were no, 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 no. These are, we, we know about these. We need these. Yeah. Like, but really? all the slan yeah. were united in stopping this from happening. And then he right. showed up and said, nope, this is going to happen. And they're like, but he's like, nope, this yeah. is going to happen. And, and he, he like sh- shows them the future. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like the Great War is happening. Yeah. It looks like there's a Great War. And then the, they used the incarnates along with other stuff to to basically bring yeah. an end to a Great War. Yeah. The bo- yeah I, I can't awesome. wait and then, and then, for that. And the other slan, the other slan are like, Okay, we get it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. You're 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 the first born for a reason. Yeah. Something okay, like cool. uh, what did how did they how did they word it? I'm going to jump ahead to Croak's thing here. It says uh, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes unorthodox strategies against the eternal enemy. Okay. Uh, 
I don't think it's in Lord Croaklore. It's in, it's like before that. I thought it was in here because it talks about all the things he did. Yeah, it's at um, and maybe maybe I'm in the wrong place, but I mean he does he basically you know just tells him no this is gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, it's on it's on page twenty three. A plan realigned. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it says they don't want to waste something. It's the way that they put it was so cold, which works. In this uncertain age, no potential advantage can be squandered in order to realize the great plan. So yeah, yeah. that's yeah, it's so good. Um, so their temple cities is the next section, and that's where the, that's when they would they'll land. Uh, I mean, that's where they land their temples, and they literally they land the giant ziggurats. They build up these, and here's the thing. Those those ships in the void. Yeah. They talk about huge. ships that that have hundreds of ziggurats in it. Like mm-hmm. I'm picturing giant transport ships like you see in the big sci fi movies where a hundred TIE fighters or a hundred uh, you know a yeah. hundred other ships will come flying out. The ziggurats mm-hmm. are what come they flying got, out of the, these giant ships. They got a picture of one on page eighteen. <laughs> it, yeah, that one is crazy looking. So cool. That I mean, that's just enormous. And then when you see the thing that lands, it's always something really crazy and bizarre and gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, pyramids carved with images of serpent-headed gods filled with enough treasure to found a kingdom. Um, they're on, they put them on a, a big, important nodes. Sometimes they're around old one tech that's too big to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then like, and then they say also, like, most of it is underground. So they use, like, this weird displacement engine to like hollow out the area underneath where they're going to land and then they land the ship there so most of it's you know underground and the displaced rock is hurled into the cosmos forming a shower of burning comets that heralds the temple city's foundation <laughs> yeah. that is so rad yeah it's cool um yeah but then the ziggurats come down and they have these huge places and they do all this stuff to 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 protect the great plan and i think it's um I like how they also put stuff out there, um, like some of their crappier stuff, like just the basic gold. I mean, they write on gold. Their armor, it says their armor is made of gold. Yeah. Their, the, 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 the plates that they write on are solid gold, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll just leave it out there for people to find it. <laughs> and they'll think that's the great treasure that they got. And they'll try to yeah. stop them. And if they ever try to get too far in, then they'll march out to stop them. Yeah. But they just throw out gold and stuff. Look, if you're <laughs> going to get if you get this far, you could take this and then get out of here. Right. Um I spent a lot of time on like the cosmic endeavor. For for page. one column, there's a lot of interesting stuff here. <laughs> right. Yep. Um like, just looking at all the the different stuff, like the amount of temple ships that are out there, and they're around each of the realms, and yeah. they and some of them are in orbit around the realms. Yeah, and it says it's called, it's called a, a temple fleet, so that means that there's more than one ship. You can't you can't mm-hmm. be a fleet of one. You got to be at least a couple ships, and there's multiple <laughs> ships, multiple fleets orbiting like each and they have to have them here and they're talking to each other because they cannot encompass the entire mortal realms as a thing even they Mm -hmm. can and it says they have the tech on their ships to literally map the whole thing out and really get a good look at it they Mm -hmm. don't know how to use it anymore yeah 
It's tech that was created by the old ones, and they don't know how to use it anymore. This also really harkens back to 40K for me. Mm. How they don't, you know, how they have the priest, the tech priest. Oh, sure. Yeah. And they don't know how that stuff works or why right. that stuff they works. Just, they just know these certain rituals do this. Hit this, this button, flick this switch, yeah. pump this little activator five times. And, and it then works. It, yeah. Not works. the whys, yeah. but the hows. Yeah. And here's like they've yeah. got tech that they don't know how to use. Yeah. Um, should we. I feel like we should take a break. We've only been going about 45 minutes, but we're like sure. we're about halfway done with the lore. And I, there's so many things I want to talk about. So let's yeah. take another break. We'll probably take okay. some extra breaks this episode. Cool. And uh, then we will um, we'll be back with uh, just we're going to hit the, the, the timeline now. We're going to hit the history line. Just a minute. Yeah. There's always something happening at... Grognards. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. The premier stop for your gaming needs in Northeast Illinois. If you're in the Chicagoland area, if you're in Southeast Wisconsin, if you're anywhere in the area, Grognards is the place for you. They've got board They've got card games. They've got all the models you could ever want for any of your miniature war games. They have so many lines of paints, I can't even keep track of it. They've expanded the store. They have a whole huge gaming area now. There is gaming every night. There is always something going on. I just can't tell you enough about Grognards. Why? Because they're awesome. Because they're fantastic. And because they are the best friendly local gaming store that I know of. So do yourself a favor. Come on down to Grognards in Roselle, Illinois. If you can't get down to Grognards, give them a call. They do mail order. They do shipping. You can get your stuff from them whether you live five minutes away or five hours away because Grognards delivers. They deliver the goods. They deliver the fun. They deliver everything. And that's because there is always something happening at Grognards. And we are back. Yes, we are. Yo. Hey, hey. Um, and guys, Chris was saying even over. Guys, just I, go look at that map on page eighteen and nineteen. <laughs> look at all the cool stuff sitting in the map. All the great things that are in here. Yeah. Um. Including sort of like that look, like you were pointing out, that they have all the little spheres for the realms, but mm-hmm. inside the sphere is the actual realm. It's, it's like the whole, it's the whole thing, and you can see they're all flat. So all yeah. all you flat uh, disc world people, you <laughs> might like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like the incandescent sphere in yeah. the upper heavens of Azir, the Seraphon work to repair this relic of their absent gods. Like what the heck is that thing? Oh yeah. When they fix it, what's it going to do? I don't, I don't know, but you know what? Right there's a <laughs> bit of story that's going to be so cool if it happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I want to know that stuff. And Yeah. And, now, old, and old Gish is on here. Shows uh-huh. you where Slanesh is captured. Now, they get four pages, as usual, for their history. And normally, we yeah. pick out one or two stories. There's yeah. there's too much here. Oh, man. And a lot of it is stories we've seen before, but there's always yeah. that spin. Okay, so yeah. we start it's... off with, uh, they talk about the time that they're out in the void. 
in the mm-hmm. heavens and they're absorbing the celestial energies. That's really kind of fascinating. I'm yeah. not going to, I'd have to read the whole thing. Yeah. So just check that out. Uh, the Binding of Kragnos is cool. That's the, the, the original Binding of Kragnos when he's just this punk rampaging through the realms. A very they dangerous like, one, but yes. It's like, we, it's like we gotta corral this dude and it takes sacrificing several slan to seal the god inside the mountain and within yeah, a sphere died. of timelessness. Yeah. They call it an unthinkable price, but also a woeful necessity. Yeah, With this the Draconith is... Empire broken, the slan take the last of the race's eggs in his safekeeping. So this is where you get the the dragons from the Stormcast. That's where they yep. that's the eggs that they got. But look at how much of a threat they considered him. This mm-hmm. unthinkable it's like we have to do something about him. Yeah. Now, then it goes into Sigmar's Pantheon a bit, and mm-hmm. um, they're like not part of it. <laughs> and they know that it, I love this is they know the return of chaos cannot be prevented. They begin to seed magical knowledge and on rare occasions even minor examples of old one tech among certain tribes, so they're ready to yeah. play their role faded. They can see what's going to happen in the future, and they're dropping bits here and there. Well. You know how they this keep is refer- like Nagash's long game, but even yeah. longer. Is it possible? I mean, they're older than him. So, like they've mentioned some of these civilizations in other books, especially the Aglaraxi. Like they've mentioned them before in other books, and yes, here they, they are. And here they yeah. are. They're one of the ones that got helped by the old ones to fight chaos, and that's what they did. Yep. Um. The Seraphon cannot check the tide of ruin. They have long made ready, though, for such a cataclysm. And this is where they will show up, uh, preemptively annihilate tribes who may fall to chaos. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of rough. Yeah, they're like, oh, you are going to fall to chaos. You are going to get to Azir. We'll help you get there. Um, That's bananas. And this is where you start getting the star creature legends Mm -hmm. coming up here. Preemptively Um, annihilate tribes who may fall to chaos. That's, that's yep. rough. That's rough, man. <laughs> hmm. um, endless enmity. This is so pragmatic and so impressive, okay? Yeah. Um, Starmaster Pokemok? I guess. Pokemok is mortally wounded by a demon of the great horned rat. He realized his arcane powers can only keep him alive for a short time. He reaches, realizes one day all of his kind may perish and their servants would devolve into feral savagery. Okay? But you can't stop fighting chaos. But basically, without if all the slan die, all the rest of the seraphon would devolve back into the just a primal, uh, you know, feral yeah. bunch of killers. So he gets all the slan who have been wounded and know they're going to die soon. He kind names of, them kind of a weird thing. He names them the extinctionists. Yeah. And throws them into regions that are almost completely lost to chaos. Basically knowing that when I die, all of these things are going to be feral monsters. They're not going to be able to be led. They're not going to be able to plan. So if I th- if I basically just throw them right into the center of chaos, then when they go completely wild, They'll just start killing everything around them, and it's all chaos. So at least they'll die yeah. performing a good service. That yeah, this is, is, and this is during the age of chaos this is happening. That is yeah. so cold. Mm-hmm. 
Listen, when I die, these guys are going to turn into monsters. Let's th- let's uh, then we need to die in the middle of the worst fighting so that they <laughs> yeah. can do they can do the most possible damage. We are terminal, ergo we are invincible. It's, I love it. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Um, and basically, the age of Sigmar happens. Yeah, and the, and then so the Seraphim are like sweet, so they decide to fight alongside. The Stormcast. Sometimes, and sometimes not, though. I like how it talks about how they keep the demonic armies on Axis Orb Infernia locked in conflict and keeping Scarbrand's efforts, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, keep him away from Alarial Soul Pod. Mm-hmm. So that whole first story with the Soul Pod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah we, were, yeah, we were in there keeping back the worst of the demons so that well, you guys could make it. Well, so Axis Orb Infernia, or, Orb Infernia is Axis Moon. Right. <laughs> that was a staging ground, though, remember? Yeah. That was a huge thing going on up there. I mean, this is five years ago, and we're already forgetting because there's so much lore going in right now. Yeah. There is so much lore going on. Mm-hmm. All the people who are still on social media calling this age of, you know, crap mar. And they, they threw 30 years of lore out the window. No, they tacked on to it. And the last it, five years, they've written so much. There's so yeah, much cool I mean, stuff it, here. It, it, it is. I'm starting it, to forget just, stuff that happened, and it's only been right. good yeah. Gravy. To me, it's, it's to me, it's interesting that they they kind of went away from the, you know, the war, you know, the Warhammer world is just gone. Forget about it. They kind of backtracked a little bit. And they sort of say, no, that actually happened. And this well, is yeah. what's happening next well, and we, now. Well, we knew it happened because the characters lived. Right, right. <laughs> so it's like they, that's that history, but it's so yeah. cool. That's a cool way to do it. Yeah, I feel like they their original idea was just like, just forget that stuff ever happened. And I'm like, no. No, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, it is. But yeah, how are we going to bring all these characters from the old, like, the yeah, old exactly. game if they're yeah. all, if we'd never happen? I don't know. It <laughs> happened. Yeah. But that's cool. That's even cooler. Yeah. Let's see what else. Um, so temple ships are landing and and grabbing these important nodes and I, they they start pointing out how a lot of these uh um oh you also find out they will have these emissaries sometimes mm-hmm. and they'll have skinks in these little emissary places coming in you know and they'll work with the humans and they can actually speak yeah they can speak to them to, yeah they can speak the the language of the humans, although the know. humans can't quite understand them as well, because they are also adding in body language and stuff that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. But what's cool is they come down now; they're paying attention, and like they're just watching what's going on. And then suddenly, like they were, they were really friendly with this family, and all of a sudden, the whole family is wiped out, and everybody's like, "Oh, I bet you those weird skin." Then you start to find as they go in there that they had all sorts of little chaos shrines in their house oh, and yeah. stuff like that, and because yeah. like, the skinks are just finding these people. And 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 just taking them out. Yeah, they're like little hit squads. Yeah, these are like these are the fangs of Sotek faction. They are literally. Yeah, and this is what's so cool about this is all the stories we keep hearing, mm-hmm. and then it's like oh, and but behind that, this other thing would have you would have failed, but they stepped in and they 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 did this one thing, the the thing, the little bit you needed so that you can you can complete your task. Yeah. Um. And apparently, apparently, the Necroquake almost tore Shyish completely apart. <laughs> right? I was uh, like, "What?" Uh, yeah, that. Well, I mean, it did. He inverted the magic and ripped a hole 
in it. Yeah. Yeah, which which basically it. made a black hole, which is sucking stuff in and turning it to grave sand again, or mm-hmm. gra- grave powder. Um, they have to rearrange everything around there to keep it. Nagash almost killed himself, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If the realm would have imploded and destroyed, I mean... If it just, Shaish was destroyed... Completely. Nagash would have killed himself. It probably would have, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm just trying to think of God. You know, oh, I would love, I would love a uh, Warhammer what ifs. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? Yeah. It's like, haha, you fools! I've destroyed you all. Oops. Yeah. And then the realm collapses in on itself, and the gash obliterates his own body in essence. And <laughs> but so the death like, magic no! snuffs out several celestial bodies. That that yeah. we didn't hear about, and nope. they can't stop it from doing that or halting the rise of the undead armies. In response, they declare the age of annihilation, yeah. and they just they just they send out twice as much stuff to fight in the realms. Um, Lord Croak goes after one of the silver towers, and I love this. He sends his guys in. This is how good Lord Croak is at scrying the future. Yeah, he sends his dudes in, knowing his dudes will never get there in time to breach this guy's defenses. So the guy jumps the 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 what's his name? What, what are the ah uh, the uh the Gaunt Summoner guy? Gaunt Summoner, that's it. Mm-hmm. I always forget their name. So they know the Gaunt Summoner will flee. He'll jump into his his silver tower. He teleports out of there. And so all he does is scry forward to find out where he appears, and he just waits there for him. <laughs> yeah. And then he pops out of nowhere, and, and Lord Croak, in the greatest of all of the temple ships, is right there, blasts him out. He falls and crashes into the wastes of Shaman. And then they go and just come in there and destroy the whole thing and just trash it. Yeah. Yet even the first spawn does not truly realize the Silver Tower was connected to many shamanic realm gates by subtle magics. And upon Oops. its destruction, these portals implode, leaving rips in reality that pour forth chaos energy. And the demon lord Bellicor gazes on this with glee. And I wonder if this is what gave him some of the idea for the mm-hmm. stuff that he pulled later. Possibly. Because uh, uh, oh, there's so much. What, okay, did you, is there anything on this page that's really grabbing you? I'm on 22 at this point, and I've got almost every one of these stories marked, so. I know. Um, where's that one where they, with the, with the Van Dentst, where they're like, where the skinks is like. Oh, that's, you know, a, that's a little bit ahead. That's the Celestial Shield. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Claws of Retribution. Let me just sum this one up really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Coatl's Claws comes in, right? The temple ship. This thing, the the the, the Skaven chew a gnaw hole into the middle of the ship yeah. and bring it down. Crazy. And it crashes, right? Yeah. Um, and so they decide to use this hole to go in there and start stealing some of their tech and reverse engineer it. And they get barely a kilometer in through the gate when the jungle just explodes around them. And Croxagor comes out and literally twists this guy's head off like the cap off of a soda. <laughs> uh, his people run, and the uh, some of the the wildest saurus chase them through the wor- through the wormhole or through the um, the the uh, gnaw hole. Mm-hmm. And they're but they just chase them right out of there. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> Um, then there's a weird one that don't, it wasn't chaos that destroyed the world that was. They think it was Sotek. 
Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that's a weird one. They're like, because they've got this. The thing that's weird is they said, okay, really, he did it because he wanted us to get off this planet and move on and become mm-hmm. more enlightened beings. And he gets a bunch of followers, this Tuamok. And they're going to become a new energy being. And this sounds like all sorts of that weird hippy dippy death cults <laughs> we got here. Yeah. Um, like a new, new age lizard man here. Right. Uh, and then it says his proclamations become increasingly esoteric, and I'm like, I'm wondering what's going to happen with this. He and his inner circle suddenly vanish. Their vessels are last seen bound for the uppermost reaches of Azir, where the strangest cosmic entities convalesce. Uh, though many slen mourn him as having finally been overwhelmed by mental strain, uh, private adherence to his teachings continue to lead many starboard constellations. So yeah. they disappeared off, and there's people who are like, yep, he ascended. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. But that's great seeds for some black library stuff. Mm-hmm. And how often do we get little things in this history, these four history pages that show up later in things? Yeah, that happens all the time. So I love reading these. Um what else? Uh, oh, so they decide to, uh, they talk with Krondis, and they're going to hatch the eggs. Yeah. Because this is still before the Seraphon had met any of the Dracothians, because they, they they, there weren't any, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, um, I, I think it's incredible. This is the, uh, the, the Draconith encounter the Stormcast, and an alliance to reclaim the realms is struck. The Slan are content with this. Over the centuries, they have regaled the reborn Draconith with sorcerous visions of their prince Karazai fighting the dark powers, subtly implanting within the creatures an eagerness to mimic their forebears and battle chaos. That seems like dirty pool right there. <laughs> They're literally showing that they've put subliminal messages into the telepathic movies that they're showing them of their ancestors <laughs> yeah. to get them to be more like them. What is happening? It's kind of awesome. Yep. Um, I like when Lord Relictor Ravenmane is brought up to the ships and actually yeah. gets access to the star chamber and helps so the slan. I think that story is also told in a different book. Is that in the Stormcast book? Maybe. I think it might be. That's just yeah, a he, great little story there, though. Yeah, they yeah they just like grab this guy and they like we need your help. They're like why? Because uh-huh. our 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 slant star master is like messed up. They're like what? Okay. So he goes and like he like banishes the 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 like the night haunt. Like Spirits, ghosts yeah. that are like that are like haunting this guy and like messing up his soul. He like banishes them, and they're like, they're like cool. Thank you. We owe. You. It's it's so weird when they bring up humans to do little things mm-hmm. like this. It's so cool. Um, okay, now the era of the beast is going on, right? Yeah. And a bunch of skinks got attacked by their Saurus guards. Yeah, that's bad. And instantly they move into action. For a group that's so methodical and plotting, when something weird happens, and basically they just start pointing tons of uh, of the ziggurats down to Gur. They're like, mm-hmm. we got to pound Gur back into some sort of place because this this is this can't happen. And they're right. just, they're just in. They are they are planning, but when something weird happens, they react and they react fast. Um. 
Zine steals their Codex Astromantica, which tells all the key nodes in the Astro Matrix. <laughs> Whoops. That's just, that's all bad. Yeah, so this is where, like, the, the Warcry uh, little story comes in with the Gnarlwood. So, like, the uh, little skink guys that are, like, the, that's the models you get in that set. That's these guys. These are, like, the survivors of the Eye of Code deck because their Star Master dies when they crashes. Um, speaking of which, mm. um, the Warcry Warbands and the Underworld crews have entries in the lore section for each unit's. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't notice that they were doing this before. I didn't pay that much attention. Um, I like that. Yeah. Um, because I've always kind of felt like they just kind of threw in some. It's you know those are Underworld's war bands. These are Warcry war bands. They don't act or work like regular AOS units. Mm-hmm. And I sort of feel like I always kind of felt like they just kind of threw in rules so you could just play with your toys. Yeah. But. Adding them into the unit entries when they're actually like list that lore section that talks about yeah. all the different units, talking about them and giving them a little history and a little background, even in just a you know that one part, um, kind of makes you want to play them. A it little makes bit you more. more inclined to at least give them a look because now they yeah. they're not just oh here's the Warcry Warbands. Now mm-hmm. they're putting that stuff because when I was reading, them, I'm like oh that way. I'm like what is this? What what is this? Is this a new unit? I'm like that's the Warcry Warband. Yeah. I'm like oh this history is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I'm totally off track on that. Um, we got to <laughs> Celestial Shield with the Vandensts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're like being attacked by like these vampires. They're like on this, you know, they're like this investigation and they kind of run into this vampire nest. And before the vampires can basically kill them, like the, the skinks like help them out and drive the vampires away. <laughs> They get told by someone that Nagash. Oh, they were uh, Nagash said that the, one of the, the one of these people here needs to be eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that's the vampire's going to do it, like you said. I love that after the, they help him though, it says that um, Doralia, mm-hmm. the daughter, Doralia. yeah, um, the daughter is stunned to be approached by Star Priest Hakto. A skink seer whom she encountered in the Excelsior Embassy of the Serpentinus prior to the siege, which that was in one of the one of the stories of them. Yeah, there was, it was a story about yeah. them. So she yep. met him. So now they get they get jumped by vampires. They're probably going to die. This all of a sudden they're saved, and who saved them? But this star priest, which that's got to be frightening in and of itself. Yeah, because they're I mean they're they're giant lizards. They're kind of I mean they 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 can be frightening. Mm-hmm. Plus, you just got jumped by vampires, and that's like these really enigmatic creatures that you rarely ever see. Now, it just saved you, and they're tired. They're talking to you too. Yeah, and he tells her that the serpent god watches her with interest. And there's the, this is the most important line though. He offers no such claim to her father, which irritates Galen to no end. <laughs> Yeah, is this going to become a storyline for them? This, is this jealousy going to foster into something that becomes ugly? Because oh, I don't know about that. But. Uh, you don't know where that story is going to go. I mean, mm. but that's kind of I'm just watching that going. Yeah, well, you know, that's a weird thing to throw in. Her dad's upset that they're not mm-hmm. watching him. Like, wouldn't mm-hmm. you be proud that they're watching your daughter? Yeah, but he's not. So that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah. Um. Starblight, this is where Bellacor does... Yep. Um, the, he's poisoned to the realm gates. The cursed skies, on. yeah. Um, coalesced constellations in these regions find their celestial scrying all but impossible. 
Yeah, so that's not good. Nope. So if it so it affects the Seraphon, they're going to do something about it now. Yeah, it's the Starborn who suffer the most. Even the Slan struggle to summon their half ethereal warriors through the tumult. Um, so they just they, and once again, just like when the the Saurus ate the skinks, they got they come in there, boom, right in there. You guys are looking for a solution. While you're looking for a solution, we are going to drop things in where we need and just go after and start working this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very interesting that they're doing this, uh, how they work together so well with them. And then finally you get the plan realigned. And um, it says, un- oh, this is, oh, this is the, 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 what we were talking about. Yeah, with the incarnates. They're yeah. going to wipe out the incarnates. And Croak uh, says they must not be destroyed. And there's no prophecies that lead to this conclusion. So they're like, what are you talking about? He <laughs> stuns them by revealing he and his ally, Krondus, have already endeavored to bind these entities without their knowledge. So the, the top guy is like, yeah, I've been working with the other top guy from the other group. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing this, and we haven't told any of you because it's we just we got to get this to work, and I can't be bothered with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's um, so he's so just like far above their intellect. Yep. He's, he's Lord Croak. I mean, he's just yeah. He's, he's he is he he's pretty much the only he is like, the um, he is literally the oldest being in existence at this point. But he's, like, but he's not even alive, <laughs> right? He's a mummy. His spirit is tethered to his, his mummy. Spear is tethered to his mummy. He's so powerful. Which is how and, that works. I mean, yeah. that's like if you play like the role playing games when you if there's mummy is an expansion for Vampire the Masquerade, and mm-hmm. that's what they are. It's literally when you kill a mummy, um, if the body is not a hundred percent destroyed, eventually the spirit will find its way back because they're tethered. Yeah, and he's still dead, but his spirit's in there animating his body. <laughs> yeah, but he's that's just because his will. It's so great. He just won't let it happen. He's just like, I can't die. I've got too much work to do. And they say there were only five generations of Slan born. Remember that when you could pick what generation your Slan <laughs> yeah. was in the game? Yeah, it was, and it's like, it like you could only go to the three, right? Third, fourth, or fifth. Yeah. The first and second ones were too powerful. Well, it says the only first left is, is Croak. Croak, and there's less than five. I don't know. Why would you say less than five? <laughs> there's only a couple numbers to pick from. Just tell me how many there are. <laughs> But uh, of the first two spawnings, yeah, and so you could be third, and it was more expensive a unit, but they were more powerful magically if they were third than if they were fifth. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Um, All right, so what do we got next? Um, The old ones, and they talk about their six gods, and all of this is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, So you got Sotek, who is the first among the gods. He's not really really a god, right? Unusually, he is not... he is not considered to be an old one. He is the incarnated soul of the Seraphon race. Yeah, that's cool. He's a young deity compared to some, but so many of his associated prophecies have come to pass that his primacy is now undeniable. So he is a god. Mm-hmm. Then there's Quetzal, the preserver. He is worshipped as a god of protection. Yeah, he was always like the warrior guy. Yep. Um, his guys and his uh, those spawned beneath his markings have denser muscle mass and jutting bony protrusions. Yeah, remember in the old book, in like the last like 8th edition Warhammer book, right? You had to you had to pick like which one of these factions you were in. That's right. And you got mm-hmm. bonuses depending on the faction you were in. It was very simple. Oh man, that was in 8th edition, wasn't it? Yeah. They were laying down some precursor uh, AOS stuff. Sure enough. Tepok the Seer is the ruler of 
mystical in all its forms, binding, b- blind to everything but the whirls and eddies of arcane winds. Mm-hmm. Um, a fly, f- yeah, flying feathered breed of serpent. Um, I'm just trying to see because they, they they sometimes describe what some of them look like. Oh yeah, the coatl. Yeah. Uh, is oh, there, is there a symbol? Uh, the inscrutable one's own sacred spawnings often sport clusters of iridescent proto feathers and are marked by purple scales. Right. I like how they tell you what they look like too. So if you want to be a devotee of one, because none of this has anything to do with the rules. No, there are no rules for which god you worship. Mm-hmm. But if you like those guys, and it sounds cool, this is kind of what they look like. If you want to paint yeah, them like, up that way, yeah, like Sotek is always red, right? Red. The Kitzel was yellow. Tipak was purple. Itzel, I think, was. Uh, he is father to all cold-blooded creatures, but especially the Saurus and the ferocious war mounts. He is the most yeah. bestial, identified uh, with sharpened fangs and elaborate head crests. So they had all the head crests. Yeah. Uh, those who bear the blessings of Itzel are able to communicate with the reptilian beast of the jungle and exude a faint scent that lulls them into a sense of deference. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chotek, the Invigorator. He's the Lord of the Sun, the bringer of the day, and the spirit of cosmic flame. He is a god of singular importance to the Seraphon, for as cold-blooded creatures, they rely on his fires to imbue them with energy and drive. Often marked by orange-hued scales, they excel in the manipulation of pyromantic energies and the rearing of the god's flame-belching spawn, the Salamanders. Yeah, and Hwanchi, the Predator. <laughs> Uh, the most secretive, known as he who stalks the unseen, but he sometimes takes the form of a panther or a panther-like hunter with a pelt of pure shadow. Um, he is the rival to Chotek. His most infamous aspect is the supreme hunter. His primary yeah. temples are nestled deep within the shade forests of Ulgu. Oh, yeah. I like Ulgu. I can't. I got just. Uh, I want. See, I, so I like want Ulgu. Chame- yeah, the chameleon skinks are like. His main focus. Oh yeah. Um, what else? Even the even the, where they talk about their how they how they organize for war is interesting. Hold on, I'm gonna see. I'm sorry, I had to sneeze. I apologize. Because um, they talk about the the constellations and how they they're forming into what they call these you know the 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 scales of a constellation's members often take on the particular two a hue associated with it um even after a constellation has coalesced new spawnings will be performed beneath heavenly configurations just as auspicious so whichever one of these sort of constellations you work under that's even when you come down here if you're not up in the constellations if you're coalesced they still revere those times mm-hmm. um they don't have a real set I love that they don't have a set uh, like way to organize their armies there's just the slan is always in charge he's above them but the old bloods are allowed to just lead the wars you know it's just like the, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a pretty loose thing it's more like a like a like a group a family you know right um and it, the skinks are like the brains of the operation mm-hmm. when the because the slan's like he's way too busy meditating contemplating the Great works of the old ones actually plan stuff. So it's the skinks who like who like divine the mm-hmm. what the plaques say. They like read the text, they push all the buttons in the ships, they, you know, make up all the you know, the plans and what they're gonna do and they kinda they're kinda like the 
you know, the little workhorses of yeah. the of the of the race. It actually talks about them when you read about them how they are like they they are they keep track of stuff like they are like mm-hmm. they, they keep the the accounting going and all of the yeah. administrative work going. Yeah, they're like the ambassadors yep. to like the mortal realms. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, but so and but those are the like the breakdown on this is so simple. Maybe that's why I kind of have fun with it because you've got your slan and then you've got what you've got the skink priesthood like yep. that does all the stuff you just talked about mm-hmm. and you have the warriors. Which are led by the old bloods, yeah. And you know that's uh, so. When you get packs of Seraphon um, coming from the same spawning pool, that's a cohort. So they be born together, and they are. It says that they the uh, when they where is it? They have a near telepathic bond with each member of their spawn kin. So if you're born in the same spawning pool, you've got a, a, a already this this deep connection with all of them, and they fight in these groups. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, and then it says you know uh, their star hosts are multiple. You get a cohort, and multiple cohorts are a whole are a host, and then your star hosts can be one cohort or many hosts. It depends on the size and the need. And what else? We're getting close to done with the basic lore here. Yeah. So then you're like into the factions that you can play. Yeah. There's the four groups. Um, two. Two starborn and two coalesced, and basically, and I don't want to go into too much into this because we're because this will come up when we have to talk about them for their rules. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, Dracothian's tail is the biggest, and these this is the two star starborn. So these are already more magical usually than the coalesced. Coalesced is more, you're more physical, you know, fighty stuff. Yeah. And your starborn are a little. I mean, they can both. They can both do both. Yeah, they can all bring all the stuff. But this is this is really this is uh, m- a lot of magic with fighting, as opposed to the coalesce, which is a lot of fighting with magic. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, it's cunning and but brutal, and basically brutal but cunning. Yeah. Um, and there's some interesting stuff here that we that we can go into. But when you look at it, Dracothian's tale is the m- magical. The more magical of the two starborn groups, the Fangs of Sotek are also starborn, yeah. um, but they are—they're uh, just more, a little less magical, a little more physical than that. So, and that this is a good deal that they did with this. Okay, if you want to be starborn, you got two choices. If you want to be coalesced, you got two choices. Each one of them has a more magic-y and a more fighty one to choose from. So they're all yeah. they're all similar in that way. Um Well, I mean the the coalesce the coalesce ones is Quaddle's Claw. Uh-huh. And and Thunder Lizard. I mean Thunder Lizard is monsters. Yeah. Th- I mean so, so you dinosaurs. Quaddle's claw, which is very dangerous, but they also still have they're they're the they're the slightly more magical a little yeah. more magic-y than the thunder lizards. Oh yeah. But they're both magical. Like it's not like oh, sure. it's not like if you take coalesced it's just all big broody fighters and if you take st- uh the other ones it's all all magic and wimpiness. Yeah. Uh they're all tough. They're all seraphon. Seraphon are not weaklings. The skinks are a little bit, but that's why you have both things. You protect them with big fighters while they go around mm-hmm. doing all the magic-y stuff. Right. Um like I said and Dracothian's tail does have some cool stuff. Um, 
you read this and it talks this just this this makes me sad cuz some of this just never seems to come through on the the playing on the game board because it's like mm-hmm. you talk about this it's like they fully embrace the light of their foresight is beyond countenance their ability to manipulate celestial energy unrivaled their mastery of physical laws almost divine you know they work with Dracothian to do all this stuff. They can and they can they can they can talk across distances, you know, telepathically. Yeah. Um, but then it says they also grant Dracothian's tale rare insight into the base elements of creation, right? Mm-hmm. And this has changed them profoundly. And I'm wondering how. Like that's a weird thing to drop in there in the middle, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it's also very cool um, that because they're they're starborn. They're very, uh, we said pragmatic, practical, and very emotionless. And it makes them much cooler and much scarier, though, in fight because they come down there and they just come down and do their thing. There is nothing. Uh, it's it's like they're kind of dead-eyed almost doing yeah. it, right? Well, like, yeah, I guess they're cold-blooded lizards, you know? It's yeah. Like, and I like that when they get too far away, though, their forms have been known to jolt and flicker like flames crackling in a hearth. That's yeah. pretty cool. That goes back mm-hmm. to that, that, that Starborn, that, that, you know, the, the ethereal stuff. Yeah. Uh, that would have to be terrifying to see, though, to watch this monster coming up to you and it just starts flickering and flaming. And I was like, oh, no, I don't even know what's happening <laughs> at this point. Yeah. But if they, if they hang out long enough in the mortal realms, they do coalesce, which is yes. cool. Yes, yes. Um, I do like uh, in the fangs of Sotek, it says uh, talking about how um, they are also ones who will go and make people. They will disappear you. Oh yeah, right. Uh, rituals carried out in the depths of emissaries of the serpent god slithering through the bowels of civilization and corpses dumped in waterways later discovered bearing chaos corruption and marked with fang tooth brands. And the skinks, the skinks say it's the daughters of Cain, and the daughters of Cain say it's the skinks, and nobody could prove anything. And <laughs> they just like we don't like each other, but we're both getting the job done. Like, yeah, I think that's so much funny. They they don't care much for each other, but they can respect the cold blooded will to do what must be done. Yeah, they also mentioned earlier that like the fangs of Sotek are like the their main enemy is the Skaven. You know, it's like the right, rats. right, right. It's like rats versus lizards. You know, it's like cool. So they, you know, like Skaven yeah, rats are like versus their skinks. Yeah, rats versus skinks, right? So they're they're that's the that's the things they want to sacrifice the most because the fact because like these skinks and the the Sotek, you know, uh, faction that they 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 like they like really like sacrificing stuff. They think that work that's works, and their favorite thing to do is the Skaven. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if we're gonna go to the coalesced Quaddle's Claw. This is a little crazy. Yeah. They're in the jungles. They've got all that going on. They've been affected by the age of the uh, the era of the beast. Yeah. Um, now, Quaddle's Claw were the first coalesced group because this was in the Age of Chaos. Their temple ship was attacked, and this is where the Skaven opened up the gnaw hole in the ship. Yeah. The ship crashed on Gur. Smashing down around the plateau of uh, Mechatopsar. Proud and ancient civilizations were either annihilated in the cataclysm or else forced to flee and embrace chaos to survive. Nice. The realm shaper engines that withstood the crash fed on the bestial magic, generating swaths of monster infested jungles. And 
Worst of all, Lord Quex was caught in a Skaven plague, and with the slant on his death pet and the Skinkstone into a panic, the albino-scaled Old Blood Gar and his fellow Soros were forced to take control, and they responded by preparing for war. Yeah, what else are they going to do? That's, that's all they know. That's, that's all when, they know. Yeah, and that's when the Agridon eggs start to hatch, mm-hmm. which haven't uh, forever. Now, Agridons are new models, right? Yeah. So this is a new thing. This is where the Agridons start to hatch. Uh, they haven't gotten them to hatch before, but now the magic here is making it happen. Now, there's some really weird thing that it talks about here. They, that now with the with the fight accelerating, their spawning pools are working overtime, right? Yeah. And it says, as hundreds of Saurus and Croxagore thrash into life, their brutally accelerated genesis, fueled by clashing energies of Gur and Azir, scars their minds with pain. And only their warlords can corral these feral creatures. Even revered priests cannot approach safely. This seems dangerous and not like a good <laughs> thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems like these are just wild, wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wild. says here, in the Air of the Beast, uh, Mechatopsir is more of a primordial nightmare than ever. <laughs> Lord Croak has decreed that they must be brought back into contact with the wider Seraphon race, and they are trying to bring them in because they're just they're go they're getting out there, mm-hmm. and it's like you guys need to you you, you need to because that's crazy, yeah. And then Thunder Lizards is just super cool. Oh yeah, uh, got to, as you could tell, they just like we need an army of dinosaurs. So here you go. Well, plus they've got all the cool tech, mm-hmm. you know, and the stuff. Can, and they didn't just guard the; they just did other stuff. Um, they are starch adherents to the preserved degrees of the old ones. This is really interesting. Um, they feel like they're connected to the old ones. They t- talk about old one tech and how sometimes they'll get things, and it's like, oh, use this, or they get a thing and just go here to do this, and they're like. Oh, we got the tech. We can't figure out how to use it yet, but we're being led to the thing that's going to show us how. Like they right. just, and some of them say that they're, um, yeah, they're just they're just they're very strict adherence adherence to the old ones' plan. Yeah, you know, they're kind of the coalesced who have not really forgotten their roots. But some of them right? say they still actually get messages from the old ones, and is that even possible? Mm. It would be yeah. very cool if the old ones still existed. Yeah. But I mean, is, are they fooling themselves, or is that when you when you tell me that they're saying they actually, in such a practical, logical race, to say that they're mm-hmm. actually communing with them makes me go, oh, what? Wait, what? Yeah. So that's I think that's really interesting. Plus, they talk about how um, they are not immune to change, even though they are very, you know, like you said, they have they're very uh, adherent to the plan. Uh, they have settled toward the rim of every realm, and that's the most magical part, the part where no one else can go. That's pretty wild, right? Yeah, their temples are protected by colossal, colossal magic-devouring shields, but in Shaman is where they concentrate their strength. They have been studying the realm stone, and by introducing it to the chambers of revivification, they can inundate newly hatched war beasts with strength and resilience beyond even their peers. Yeah. This, yeah, so all this stuff, they're using it. They have long warred against the Bone Reapers of the Null Myriad. Undead legions able to endure the same magic. So they're out on the realms, and, right. so, and, the, and they're getting attacked by the Null Myriad because they can take that. The, they're the only other people who can be out there. Yeah, because the Null Myriad's probably out there looking for Arcan. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's ah, oh, that's just that's so that's I love it, and so they're out there fighting with them. Uh, but that's basically there's just the four factions. Um, yeah, and then we get into some of the some of the lore for the individual units. Mm-hmm. Um, the Slant Star Masters, the lore is just wonderful. Yeah, uh, it does. It does not. If you read all the th- that second paragraph, it's very long. It talks about all the things they can do with but a thought and a flick of their finger, and that does not translate onto the table. No, it does not. <laughs> like they are strong and they have a lot of magic <laughs> and they are cool and they've got cool stuff. But when you talk about these guys, it's like oh. Yeah, each one of them is the greatest. It's like each one of them is as good, if not better, a magician than Teclas. Yeah, that doesn't, and that, that just does come, not translate. No. no. Yeah, it's kind of like you know the Space Marine lore doesn't match up to what. Oh yeah, what they do yeah, on the battlefield. Honestly, what is it? A hundred Space Marines could land on Earth, and unless we actually nuked them, they, yeah. they would take over. Right, you know that's just how that works, you know. <laughs> uh, you might not even need a hundred, according to some of the stories. Yeah, right? someone's like fifty of pacify a planet. <laughs> yeah. It's like wow, a whole, dem- a, whole, a whole demi company can take down an entire planet. Like okay, yep. Um, the lore on Lord Croak is wonderful to read. It's super, uh, super neat. Yeah, but and this it talks is about where the five gener- it also talks about the five generations here too. Yes, he is the last of the first. It says he may be the oldest soul in creation. Even mm-hmm. the Sigmar's pantheon are children to him. <laughs> so, so they existed before the elves existed, before any of these races existed. Yeah, they outdated them. So, all of these people who have been around since all these ancient times, hundreds or thousands of years, and this guy's like, "Oh, please." You know, I kind of thought it was cool when they talk what? about the other the other races' gods. It's like, oh, Sigmar and Ragnos and Teclas and Alariel and Nagash. They never mention Marathi as a god. <laughs> no, in fact, they talk when they had to fight with her, the newly, the newly uh-huh. deified. Uh-huh. But they don't, they don't look up to her about much of anything. Exactly. Nope. Um, but you look through this, and it goes insane. First of all, um, it talks about how when they left the world that was, Croak disappeared and yeah. was gone like forever. They thought he was gone. And then this huge void battle against the seven-headed beast of Ursan Cluster. Croak shows up, saves the day, disappears again. <laughs> and then he starts appearing once every couple of, you know, decades or every few cent, you know, shows up just, uh, you know, trying to help when the help was really needed. The Necroquake, he showed up and he didn't leave. He took took control of Itza Huitlan, which is the, the greatest of all the ships. Yeah, but now they get a laundry. I mean, the stuff Croak did. It's literally this whole. It's a. It's a. It's half a. It's half a column. He negotiated with Krondus and Kazari, right? He's holding the eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, he masterminded the destruction of the Silver Towers. He granted Gardas Steel Soul foreknowledge of Bellicor's return. He escaped, uh, or when the Kragnos escaped, Croak came down and did this. Um, it's 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 Lord Croak. Has done so many huge things, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like he—he's—he's uh, he's such a cool character. Um, yeah, when we get to his war scroll, his—it's pretty sweet. It is pretty sweet. Um, and now there's some other thing. I just kind of want to talk a little bit. I don't want to go into every unit because we do talk about them. You know, when we talk about that stuff. But I want to talk about uh, the ones, some of the newer units. You know, mm-hmm. old blood. This the stuff in the old bloods. There is is cool. The scar vets. You know, basically old bloods yeah. who haven't gotten the job yet. Astrolith bear is very. This is 
curious and interesting about the um, astrolith bears. First of all, what it is, it's a, a nexus for azurite energy. Mm-hmm. But it says sometimes the, the, the carvings and stuff, the dormant glyphs will sparkle or things will realign. Yeah. And that they think that's proof the old ones are still reaching in and just realigning things as is necessary to help fi- help their children. Yeah, but so it still has to be held by a a source who's like marked for destiny. You know. Yes. Yeah, they're all special. They're all been marked for destiny. They all have all this stuff going. They display a natural sense for where the relic of the lost gods may lie. This thing also helped them find old stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just so cool. It is just so cool. The Astrolith Bearer lore uh, is really neat. Um, Saurus Warriors once again sounds like uh, talk about that story. That the, that story on page thirty-seven. I love uh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. That is yeah. I I think I I got yeah. I read part of that for one of the commercial plays. Oh, so man. yeah, that, that's it's great. So good, so good. It's so good. Um, they yeah, that just kind of goes into like the the, the basic troops, right? Saurus mm-hmm. Warriors. Yeah, Saurus Guard are the as you protect the slant. Right. Yeah, and I like once again, and you got the Saurus Warriors. The Saurus Guard protect the slant. Yeah, they're the yeah. elite. The Saurus Warriors are the regulars. But it says how they've got all this stuff and adding the plates of golden armor. Their designs copied fastidiously, if without understanding of the deeper functions, from ancient plaques inscribed by skink artificers. That sounds more like forty k stuff. <laughs> or they're putting. They don't yeah. know how it works or why, but they know they got to have it. Yeah, just put this on. Put this armor on. Mm-hmm. But then we yeah. get the Agridons, and let's mm-hmm. talk about these. Are these yeah. things are pretty cool? Yeah, they're a new unit. Yeah, um, Agridon lancers come down on the enemy with like the wrath of the old ones, and I love it. it. Says where the cavalry of the younger races seeks to break foes with a single glorious charge. These excel in both the moment of collision and the protracted melee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like to eat stuff. Yeah, witnessing an Agridon in the throes of battle frenzy is a terrifying sight. Agridon eggs have long languished in the ziggurats, every attempt to hatch them a failure. When Gur unleashed its howl of cosmos-shaking rage, however, these eggs suddenly pulsed with life, and it was quickly discovered that even a freshly hatched Agridon can eviscerate an incautious skink. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, the priesthood says it's a lord of cold-blooded beasts was enraged by Kragnos's escape. For Droger slew many noble reptilians long ago. Mm. Uh, Itzel's divine anger was thus bound into the souls of the Agridons. Uh, and then it's like, or maybe it's just Gur. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's Gur, possible yeah. that it's just the air of the beast. So these replace like the cold ones, right? Yeah, or the it, lizard one guy, the, the, like the knights. Yeah, I think he's, so. He used to ride the cold ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Through the grace of the god, these warriors emerge from spawning pools whenever a new... So this is interesting, too. It takes a very special type of source to ride an Agridon. And whenever a new batch of eggs is hatched, uh, the 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 Saurus that come out of the spawning pools at the same time as the eggs hatching, if they're in the same spot, will come out basically... Yeah, marked, at the same time. Marked yeah. as their riders. And I think mm-hmm. that's really cool that they that's breed really them, neat. but this variant appears when necessary. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the slan planning that or if it's the way the stars line up, but it just seems really cool that that's how that works. Yeah. Uh, and it just says these agridons, I mean, it's, you know, aggress- aggression, you know. Uh, and this, they are really, really violent. <laughs> mounts, which I think is cool. Um, then they talk about the skinks. The skinks, yeah. So there's different classes of skinks. 
Uh-huh. Star star seers, star priests, oracles. Those are your so leaders. Your those star are leaders. seers are the are the leader of the leaders. Those are the ones who will actually mm-hmm. talk to the slab. Yeah. Uh, the star priest, um, it says, when a rare and specific astral conjunction fills the skies, a spawning pool may produce only a single skink. This is a good thing, though, because they have very specific roles in the society. They, they're the ones who sit on the councils. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who oversee the Seraphon embassies that we talked about in the free cities. Um, because they can scry the future so well, they use that to, to help the warm bloods to <laughs> get ahead and then they can start to manipulate things and get it, get them to start doing things in accordance with the great plan. Not different than what the elves are doing. Right. And I think that that's cool. I mean, I really do. And I know it's like, well, it's, the, the elves are already doing it. It's not that. But that's, they taught the elves everything. Right? The elves right. learned. From, so you see the elves doing it and you're like, that's cute. These guys are also doing it. They're just <laughs> doing it bigger and better. And I just think that's hysterical that you see all the cool stuff the elves are doing and how people look up to them is this epitome of all of this. And then you've got these guys behind the curtain that people don't really know much about, but man, they are getting it done. Yeah. And um, the oracles. Yeah. These they, guys are these are like even more rare, right? Even more. It says perhaps once in a hundred astrological cycles. So I'm assuming that's like a year. Or whatever that is. More, perhaps once in a year, a slan will personally visit the spawning chambers. He does a bunch of stuff, and then out comes a lone skink. It's a hunched figure. It's the oracle. Considered aloof even by the insular starborn. Their faces are hidden by golden masks, and they only speak when starlight streams from their eyes, and their jaws bubble with froth. <laughs> whatever they're screeching is written down, and everyone is doing this because they speak with this. They don't even get names. No. They just give them titles, like, you know, whatever it is that they talk about. So they don't even, it's, it's kind of sad and weird, it isn't is it? It is weird. Yeah, poor guys. Yeah, other skink mages are sometimes seized by a slan's will for the, oh, they, they, they can go down and they can just run the things that the oracle can carry uh, this divining rod into battle. And that yeah. becomes this conduit for that, that so he can control and per, or they, right. they can project their spellcraft and stuff right. the through them. The mage priest can cast spells through them, yeah. And they can also ride the big monsters, the mm-hmm. troglodon. Yeah. Oh, that's the interesting. And they have they have twin mm-hmm. prong tails, which it says is reminiscent of the forked tongues of the Sotek and the Draconith. And I was also thinking of the twin-tailed comet. Yeah. They all sort of link together. Oh, uh, yeah, but the troglodons, they ride troglodons. Because the troglodons, which smell and are gross and are unreasonable and ornery um yeah for some reason the skink these skink oracles can tolerate them and they are tolerated by the troglodon they excel at guarding bog smothered astromantics nodes from cruel boys or similarly foul enemies so i just think that's cool and then you get Mm -hmm. the starblood stalkers which is underworld's war bands getting a lore entry yeah loving it you know it's like oh they were here they were doing this in the beast grave and now that that's done now they're here and what else do we have uh skinks we talked about skinks we know that they are they're the smallest most common breed they're the administrators the scribes the artisans they sort of they're the smart ones yeah they're the scouts they're like the you know the ones that you know i don't know if they come up with the battle plans but they they come up with like the they interpret yeah. what the slan says. Yeah. I mean, they do everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are. Um, 
They are the seraphon with whom the warm bloods usually interact. For only they possess both both the ability and inclination to learn the Azerite tongue. <laughs> um, let's see. Raptodon hunters is are those new or are those not those are new? new. Those, those are, are new. new too. Okay. Yeah. So this is the skink riders. They ride the reptilian mounts. Um, they possess an intellect roughly on par with the skinks who ride them. Yeah, which, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, attempts to hatch eggs purloined from their intricate, some might even say artistically crafted jungle nests have traditionally ended in failure. So they can't steal their eggs and, and try to hatch them and raise them. They have to just find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it took the era of the beast for raptodon eggs to react to revivification, revivification technologies of the seraphon. So it's another one that didn't come until the era of the beast. They they and so you know sometimes people complain like oh they just added this new thing and it's like no they've been there we just haven't heard of them here you go yeah. these are new mo- no they're not new we just they were around a long time ago we just couldn't get them to open until the era of the beast prompted this yeah which is co- which is a co- which is a cool little link I think yeah. that's neat yeah yeah um. And I like uh, to do uh, skinks who ride raptodons are incredibly agile, able to balance on their mouths while moving around. And the creatures possess their own clicking language, though on the hunt, they're basically silent, communicating through pulses of color shot through their spine like feathers. <laughs> That's cool. That's neat. Uh, the chargers are um, basically they're 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 the heavier attackers. They work with yeah. the hunters. Right. They, so in the rules, they like work off of each other a lot too yeah the rules really play to the lore here because they they say Mm -hmm. they they work together um and when a slan must physically travel across the realms at speed many choose to be accompanied by cohorts of raptodon chargers as well as their source guard for their eminently destructive weapons are capable of blasting apart anything that would be devil the star masters um it's just that those are and those are all the new models are fantastic. Yeah, yeah they're really cool. The Croxagor are great. The Croxagor yeah, War spawned. So they have new models for those. Oh, so good. And they're massive. They're like they're way bigger than the old the old Croxagor models. Oh yeah. They're like way bigger. Like you, you It I, says like, they can throttle a bulgore or crush an ogre's head between their jaws. <laughs> yeah. So they've got to be big. They're massive. And I love how the Croxador are their heavy lifters, like their construction guys, like when they're building stuff. Yeah. When they're not fighting. That's what they used to say, right? Yeah. It says here uh, that the war spawn. Now, most Croxador can serve as muscular labor. The war spawn exists purely for combat. Yeah. In fact, they were a very rare breed. Their purpose in the great plan unclear. But when Kragnos returned, they're like, okay, now we know what we need you to do. And Warspawn are just, they're just crazy, brutal Croxagore. And that's yeah. great. Uh, ter- and, and and you can tell the difference between, in the rules for these two units, they're different. I mean, Oh, yeah. Warspawn are even more single-minded than their kin. If left to their own devices, they will simply stand guard wherever they're positioned. There were stories about that. Mm-hmm. Slan came down and was in a coma, and it's, it's the, they just stood around him and protected him until someone came and found him, like, years later. <laughs> Um, it's the skinks that have to cleanse them, maintain their weapons, and bring them regular surprise of meat because they literally just focus on war. They don't do anything else. That's, that's kind of crazy. Great. Yeah, that's yeah. just insane. Because, because yeah, these are like the like some of these they're just like they're literally just lizards. They just have no. They just have a lizard brain, basically. You know what I mean? They're just like right. Well, yeah, they don't think. They don't. 
nope. do anything. They just fight when they're told to. If they're not told to do anything, they just stand there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what else we got? We got Stegodons. We know about Stegodons and the engines of the gods we know about. The spawn of Chotek are the old uh, salamanders, right? Yes. Yeah, but Salamander models. And then the Bastilladons we've had before. I think that's everything. Yeah. I think we covered so I think, it all. So, so the only things that there's a couple things that are gone, like the uh, Ripper Dactyls are, well, the, the Ripper Dactyls are here. The Pterodon Riders are here. Um, it's the other Salamander unit, the, uh, the the guys that used to shoot the little razor spines. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't have him anymore. Because they, uh, yeah, and I know people were just using that as a spawn of Chotek instead because they were. Yeah, just like, you can just use yeah. your old Salamander model as your spawn of Chotek. No big yeah. deal. That's the lore. Yeah, and we need to take a break. We've been going for an hour and thirty already. Yeah, and so we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk rules. We got two distinct sections. Not as bad as last time. Um, but you will have two very distinct because we're going to have a whole set of rules for our Starborn and a completely different set of rules for our for our Coalesced. So we'll get to that yep. when we get back. Sounds good. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. We're back. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. So, let's talk some rules. Yeah. All right. So, uh, now you can either be Starborn or you can be Coalesced. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Okay. So, um, do we want to talk about the Allegiance abilities between the Starborn and the Coalesced, or do we want to talk about some units first and then talk about mm. the things? I, I don't know which way would go better. I, I've been I've been trying to figure this uh, out. I would I was of the mind we would go through Starborn and then go through Coalesce and then hit the War Scrolls. Yeah, I just sometimes I feel like we're telling all these cool things you can do, and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I don't know what any of these I don't know what the units are. So mm. like, it's, I, you know, sometimes I feel so. Let's just do it that way then. Okay. Uh, okay, Starborn Battle Traits. If you're Starborn, you got to pick if you're Starborn or Coalesced, and then each of those has two sub-factions yeah. to pick from. Yeah, Tracothian's Tail and Fangs of Sotek for Starborn. Yep. And yeah. so now Starborn, like I said, these guys, a lot of their stuff has to do with summoning. 
That's yes. their big bonus. Because right, they, they're like half ethereal, half in real yeah. space. So now they do have two um they do have two heroic actions. One allows your slan to change spells that they know off the lore with another spell. Yeah. So if you pick your if you have to pre pick your spells, you can use this heroic action to dump one and pick up a different one. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one is you can teleport. Teleport a unit. You can teleport a unit. Bananas. Yeah. Pick a unit. Uh, you, 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 you don't even have to roll for it. Well, no, it's a command. You just do it. <laughs> yeah, because, but it's a heroic action. Yeah. So it's like I'm burning my my heroic action to teleport a unit. And you can yeah. do that. Any, uh, a slan can teleport any starborn unit that's within 12 inches to anywhere on the field more than nine inches from it. Those are great. Yeah. Those are really good. Um, but then the rest of their stuff is all around cosmic power. Okay. Right. Now. Cause phenomenal cosmic power. Yep. What are you working on? I keep hearing this crink. I thought you were eating and I looked over and it's like I hear crinkling. Oh. What are you working on? Uh, I think I was folding up some receipts. Sorry. Oh, okay. No, I thought you were working on a model. I'm like, oh, no, 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 building no. something. Okay. <laughs> no, no. All I was right. Folding up receipts. I was like, Mike, <laughs> this this freaking condenser mic picks up everything. It does. That's. I got rid of. I couldn't use mine. I I couldn't. Mm. It was just uh, the the mic I had was too 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 ridiculously. I I had to get rid of it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. There are things called cosmic nodes if you're playing Starborn. Basically, your wizards, your astrolith bearers, and your piece of faction terrain, the Realm Shaper engine. Mm-hmm. Okay, all wizards, astrolith bearers, and Realm Shaper engine are all cosmic nodes. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff you have to summon that or put it something near a cosmic node. So the, the when the, when you do these things, they're all going to happen around your wizards and your astrolith bearer and your your thing. So mm-hmm. you start off with no cosmic power. You get at the start of your hero phase. You get one for every wizard and astrolith bearer in your uh, on the battlefield. Yep. So in your in your hero phase, not every hero. Right phase. in your hero phase. Mm-hmm. So you get the points. Also, every time a wizard casts a, or a friendly wizard casts a spell, unbinds a spell, or dispels an endless spell, you get more cosmic power. Mm-hmm. So you got a bunch of wizards on the table, and you're casting a bunch of magic, and this is building up. So, You're gonna get a lot of these cosmic power points it, through the game. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, I don't, I can't see you not casting a bunch of magic with this army. Like, if you're playing mm-hmm. this army, why wouldn't you? It's it's right. one, it's one you're of the big strong have, points. You're probably gonna have two or three wizards, yeah, plus an astrolith bearer, yeah, probably. Um, so then you spend it in your hero phase. Okay, yeah. now there's three levels of just spending on bonuses. Yeah, and then there's summoning. Right. So if I have five points, it says I can return D3 slain models for each friendly starborn unit, and they can only have a wounds characteristic of one or two, but wholly within 12 inches of any friendly node. So good. So if you're running just wizards with all your, in, in all your little packs, yeah. you're going to put, D, and it's only one or two wound models, so not your bigger models. Right. But I'm so gonna you're put talking D3 source back. warriors, skinks. skinks. Yeah. Saurus guard, like those kind of guys. Yeah, uh, but that, I mean, every unit within twelve inches of all your nodes gets to put it back for five points. D three models. Mm-hmm. That's really good. For ten points until the start of your next hero phase, um, they get their uh, 
the guys who get the revivifying energies, which where is that in the rules? The revivifying energies. So it's under the uh, Astrolith Bearer rules. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. the oh, that's right. The Astrolith Bearer can give a unit a six up ward. Yep. If you spend ten cosmic power points, friendly units that have that get a five up ward instead. Yeah. I still like the D three slain models better. Mm-hmm. Uh, then for fifteen points, you can roll a dice for every and okay. This one's so good. Roll a dice for each enemy unit within 12 inches of any friendly nodes. On a two-up, that unit suffers a number of mortal wounds equal to the roll. Mm-hmm. So for 15 points, I got three or four wizards out there. I got an Astralith Bear, and I got my, my Rune Shaper engine. And, you know, half of your units are within range of these things. 15 points, every one of them on a two-up is taking two to six mortal wounds. Yeah. That's great. It's not bad. Isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. And if you don't want to do that, at the end of your movement phase, you can summon one unit. More than nine inches from enemy units, wholly within 12 inches of a node. Uh, They start at eight points for skinks and terra wings. It goes up to 30 points. You could bring in an engine of the gods. Yeah. That's their special abilities. It's, It's like, oh, just... And so this encourages you, if you're going to be starborn, to just take all the magic you can. Mm Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the stuff that you can summons, or you can heal. So you can heal with that spell. You can heal Source Warriors, Source Guard, Skinks, uh, interesting, you can Terra Wings, uh, Hunters of Hwanchi, and I think it's kind of cool, the Raptodons, you can heal them too. Raptodon Hunters and Chargers, you can put back up to three yeah. models. Yeah, and the Warriors, yep. Oh, and the Starblood Stalkers. Yeah. Because they're their own unit if you take the the, mm-hmm. the Underworld's unit. Well, Rap- Raptor on Chargers are 5 for 150. So bringing them back. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's a big deal. Just D3 models from every yeah. unit within 12 inches. You're going right. to be... And that's, ta- that's just table. You know, for, yeah. they, you have, they dipped you a wizard. But every wizard within twelve inches is within that, twelve yeah. inches of uh, each friendly starborn unit with a wounds character of two or it's wholly within twelve inches of different cosmic nodes. Every single one. Yes. Every for single five, one. For five cosmic power. Yeah. It's awesome. It's absolutely amazing. bananas. It's amazing. Now their command traits are pretty good. They've got uh, you know, now this now this what's interesting, Starborn, they split up their uh, powers between Slan and Skinks. Yeah. Where it's Slan and Saurus. Uh for the other one. Right. Because they got the old bloods and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. for this, now the Slan have really great uh they, I mean, depending on how you want to play, their command traits are pretty cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, one you can know two extra spells. One of them makes you ethereal. I like that one. One of them uh you get two cosmic power points instead of one for your That's general doing stuff. Super good as well. And then there's arcane might. Mhm. This general can c- control up to 3 predatory endless spells per hero phase. In addition, when this general casts a spell that summons an endless spell, the range of that spell is doubled. Right. But you still can only one wizard can only cast one endless spell per turn. Right, but while it's out there, could you cast another one on the next turn? 
Yes. And also, doesn't they have that thing where you pick control of the end, like at the start of the battle round, certain spells like that aren't specific to, a, that aren't bound bonded to a race or a person? Yeah, just... like if somebody, if a spell goes wild, because it is out of control, you could you could gain control of it. Yeah, so you, I mean, but having control of three endless spells, that's kind of crazy. That is kind of nuts. I think, but that getting the two c- cosmic power points, that's that's the, that's, that's the gem. Yeah, and I, li- I I do like I always like being ethereal. It has to be on a slam. So I mean, he would just have a save of what? What's his save? Four up. I think so. Just has a four up save. Because these guys, yeah, we'll get to that. But they have to they have to just cast a spell to get a ward. Oh, yeah, and, and it's that- only against mortal wounds, right? And yeah. they're hideously vulnerable to mortal wounds. Poor slam. Well, but still, I mean, lots of things are vulnerable to mortal wounds. They've got mm. so much going on for them. I, mm-hmm. I don't feel any pity for their vulnerability <laughs> to mortal wounds. Um, now, if you got a skink general, yeah. you can have the skink know all the spells from his lore. Mm-hmm. You can ha- roll 2d6 instead of d6 when doing run rolls for friendly skinks wholly within 18 inches of this general. That's yeah. If you're playing a skink-heavy army, yeah. wow. Well, the stuff that the skinks can do in eyes in, in the Sotek, yeah. The action is bonkers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get um, to that. And then, uh, there, there, I mean, there's some, there's some other stuff. Let's see. The Artifacts of Power, the Relocation Orb, mm-hmm. once per battle. If the bear had any wounds allocated to them, they can just dip. Yeah, they just and teleport. They got, yeah, teleport yeah. away. Yeah. Um, the, I like the Space Folder State. Yeah, that's the best one. Once per turn at the end of the movement phase, you can say they will guide the arrival of celestial reinforcements. So if you do so, the next friendly starborn unit to be set up on the battlefield can be set up more than seven inches from enemy units instead of more than nine. And that's because you can put stuff in reserve if you're like Dracothian's tail and stuff. Yes, that's part of that. That's their their faction uh, rule. Yeah, and so now you can... They can put half their army on the temple ship. And then they teleport them into battle. Yeah, and once per turn, you can drop a guy I mean, in. You know, I mean at that. Seven. I mean that artifact. You build. You build a list around that. Yep, absolutely. You know what I mean? You that's your that you build your entire army strategy based on this one item. Mm-hmm. And then they got a bunch of ones per battle stuff. Uh, the skink can skinks can take a couple of good ones. They've got one that uh, at the start of each of your hero phases heal D three wounds. Yeah. Add one to save rolls and one to damage for melee weapons if you yeah. charge. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, the the healing one is especially good on the skink on the stegodon. Yeah, absolutely. It's that's really it, because good. Because he, he's, he's a hero. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And, and I, I think... think stegodon chief, that's got a skink on it. Oh, I thought you meant the skink oracle. No, the stegodon chief on the stegodon, man. Healing that dude every every turn for D three wounds. Heck yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> well, the thing is, the Skink Oracle has regen, healing D three wounds. Yeah. So if you also did mm. that on him, yeah, then he's healing two D three at the double, start of double yeah. double down, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. Uh, now we did mention already the constellations, Dracothian's tail. You can keep half your army up in the temple ship, and and you could you know alpha strike them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fangs of Sotek is cool. 
Yeah. Uh, and I like the way this works. I like because normally when you get bonuses like this, you pay for the first and the others are free. Mm-hmm. But here it only costs you if you use all of them. Yeah. So you uh, you can use redeploy command up to three times in each of their opponent's movement phases. phases. Mm-hmm. And the first two times you use it, you don't spend the points. Yeah. So it's only if you redeploy that third time do you have to spend any command points. That's crazy good. Yeah, it's good. And then that goes in um you know what we were just You're we constantly just redeploying then. Yeah. You are just constantly redeploying your units and totally rearranging and, and, and angling yourself for the best uh best way to go. It's it's such that, a that, great that, thing. That, that kinda goes in conjunction with, you know, the nimble war leader where you roll two D six for your runs. Yeah. So you see so you're like running up, you're getting within you know, you're just clogging up the battlefield people are then they're moving up to you and you just redeploy your whole and then you're redeploying stuff and the great thing about it is okay so i'm going to redeploy these units and now i'm throwing screens in your way and i'm moving other guys out of the way that's just good well i mean so what they're trying to do is they're trying to duplicate you know you remember like the the skink cloud armies from you know eighth edition where it was just skinks everywhere oh yeah I mean, that's what they're trying to. That's that's the list they're trying to let us play. And here. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, now the skinks only get three spells, whereas the slan get five. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, just now to give it to you, kind of quick, because we could talk about some of these, but I got the summations here real quick. Mm-hmm. Comet's call. Cast on a seven. Pick D three enemy units. D6 if the casting roll is 10 or better. Mm-hmm. All of them take D3 mortals. Yeah. Boom. D3 mortals to D3 up to D6 units. Not bad. Not good. That's good. Uh, minus one to, to uh, oh, Tepox Beneficence. Uh, cast on a five, range of 18. Pick a friendly skink unit. Minus one to wound rolls for attacks yeah. that target the unit. Attacks. Yeah, there's a ton of this all stuff attacks. In here. Yeah. There's a bunch of that. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of minus one to wounds. There's yeah. a bunch of plus one to wounds for these guys. Yep. There's so much of that in here. It's oh, these uh, th- oh, God, this army is so cool. So I, there's I, dra- drain yeah. magic is that's in both. Now I don't understand this. Okay, <laughs> was this FAQ'd by any chance? I don't think so. Could you look it up while I read this? Sure. Because it's been out for two weeks, right? Uh yeah. Okay. I'm just drain magic cast on a 6. If successfully cast until the end of the phase, add one to dispelling rolls made by friendly units and yeah. subtract one from unbinding rolls made by enemy units. If I have to cast it in my hero phase, right? Cuz that's when I cast magic, right? Yeah. So I cast in my hero phase until the end of that phase plus one to dispel rolls. What am I dispelling in my hero phase? I thought I was casting. You could be dispelling. Uh, I know. So, okay. Simply add one to dispelling rolls made by friendly units, and then subtract, subtract one, one from unbinding rolls okay. from the enemy. Minus one to the. I get that, but yeah. What? So you can dispel. Dispelling is against endless spells. Unbinding is against spells that are cast oh so that's so when you do so when it's a, a dispel roll is made against an endless spell okay so i can cast this on a six yeah. and then until the end of the phase if the other guys are trying to dispel endless spells they get plus one to dispel them yep well because slants have multiple dispels oh no kidding yeah 
Okay. Uh, but it's all friendly. And then minus one from unbinding, which minus one from unbinding, I've seen this a couple times in the book too. Or like, you know, Croak gets plus two to cast. So all of those command, one of those cosmic power points are going to start yeah. adding up. Yep. Um, yeah, there's no Seraph on FAQ yet. It's not out yet. Okay. So I just, I, I, I did, I, that's where I got confused because I was like, what, what am I dispelling in the hero phase? Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. I, I, I really, I, I don't it's play the, often, and when I play, almost nobody I play with plays with endless spells. I never use them, and I know they're good. I just have never gotten the hang of it. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Stellar Tempest, cast on an 8, 24-inch. Roll a number of dice equal to the number of models in the unit, and then five ups, they take mortal wounds. 24-inch range on that one, but yeah. cast of 8. But still, your mm. horde of 20 or 30. Remember we were talking about zombies last time? Oh, yeah. We're going to take oh, yeah. 40 zombies. 60 zombies, yeah. Or 60 zombies. Okay, so I rolled 60 dice. Yeah, you just wipe out a third of them. Yeah, because it's on a five up, a third mm-hmm. of them. Uh, what did I miss? Uh, oh, the only one was Mystical Unforging. Yeah, it's super good as well. Cast on another eight, range of 12. Pick an enemy unit. Until the start of your next hero phase, the rend characteristic for that unit's weapons is dash. Yeah. Not minus one. Not minus two. <laughs> yeah. Dash. Freaking nothing. Yeah. How many things have we been talking about where guys are coming in with like two or the two or three weapons, all with good red decent rend? Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, no. Boom. Yeah. That unit has no rend. That cripples certain units. Oh yeah. Especially those and smaller units, like four or five models that depend like, on that rend to get any wounds like, in. So I'm thinking my I'm thinking like Chaos Chosen, especially, something like that. Mm-hmm. Who don't, I mean, they have a mortal wound output as well, but I mean, they just rely on a butt ton of attacks at high rend. And yep. if you're just turning that off, it's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that, I mean, that's the stuff the slam can do. Yeah. You bring in your skinks. Um, you can have this. There's a spell, uh, cast on a seven, 12 inch, pick an enemy unit, roll for every model in the unit. If you roll higher than their save, they take a mortal wound. That's Cosmic Crush. That's yeah. that, that was like the, the one where you would have the better your armor save that you would go into the swamp was the, yeah. the bog thing. Yeah. So basically, this is great against guys with really high armor. Right, like Chaos or Stormcast or yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah. Because then you know half of the guys around the table got three-up armor, so all my mm-hmm. four-ups are doing mortal wounds. I'm rolling for every model in the u- unit, so mm-hmm. that's good. Uh, pick a unit. Uh, cast on a uh, Celestial Harmony. Cast on a five, range of 18. Bravery 10 until your next hero phase for one unit. That's good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but if you're playing a lot of skinks, their bravery is not high. Yeah, it's like, it's like five or six. Yeah, so. And then Speed of Huanchi. Yeah, this one's messed up. Cast on a six, 18-inch range. Non-monster Croxagore or Skink unit can just yeah. make a normal move. Yeah, and then you combine that with spatial translocation and that's nasty. Where the spatial translocation. That's that's the heroic action for your slime. Oh. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh. So the slime uses his heroic action yeah. and teleports Te- them. Teleports teleports a giant unit of 6 Croxicor right within 9 inches. And then you use Speed of Wanchi on them. And then they move in the hero phase. Wholly within 18 inches of the caster, but you can do that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's (laughs) nasty, dude. 
They're just in your face. They're just coming right out of the sky and getting you. Now, that's all the Starborn rules. Imagine that. Turn one. All that magic, all that jumping in your face, all that bonuses to the to the attacks and to the doing the mortal wounds. I don't <sighs> don't want to get charged by six Croxigore on turn one. Uh, on turn one. But you know what? The more I read this, the more I kind of keep looking at um <laughs> Quaddle's claw. Now let's go to the coalesced. Okay. okay? Because that, that's what we've got. Now, you've got the redeploy. Now, if you, you can also drop them in. From, the dropping in from space. The thing I like about this is how do you want to play it? If you're mm-hmm. a guy who likes, you know, the alpha strike, deep striking armies. Yeah. If you like deep strike armies, take Dracothian's tail. You want to skink horde and you want to redeploy and move all over the place? Mm-hmm. Be the other guys. Now, if you're going to be coalesced, and before we get into all their cool things, and mm-hmm. they have none of that summoning stuff. This is no. actually much simpler. It's yeah. actually a page shorter because it doesn't have <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. Right. Um, now, there's the Thunder Lizards, which you got to pick if you're Quaddle's Claw or Thunder Lizards, if you're yeah. Coalesced. If you're Thunder Lizards, you can carry out two monstrous rampages with each friendly monster <laughs> instead of one. That's, I mean, this is, if you're taking the Monster Mash, two, you're doing that. you can do two monstrous rampages. And it with can every you do th- With every monster. Every monster. It doesn't say you can't pick the same rampage twice. Can you? Because if you can thunder stomp and thunder stomp again, I think you have to pick different ones. That's still that's still that's still good if you want yeah. a monster mash. Now you don't want a monster mash. This is kind of the one I'm leaning toward. Okay. I liked I liked the fangs of Sotek, but Quaddle's claw. Plus one to wound for attacks made with melee weapons by Saurus and Croxagore units that made a charge move. Now, granted, you have to charge and you got to keep charging and crushing. Yeah. But when I went to look, I said, okay, Saurus units, keyword Saurus. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, how many is this? Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a real lot. And I'm going, okay, let's get past these silly skink things here. Skink, skink, skink. The big ones, the Agrodon Lancers. Yeah, see, that's what I was taught. That, is that and even the characters, like all the guys. So Saurus Warriors, Saurus Guard, Agrodon Lancers, the Scarvet. Plus one to wound means you're wounding on twos. Yeah, these guys are wounding every on twos. Source. All the Saurus, which, once again, Scarvet on all of the different creatures. Yep. Um, the Croxagores. No, they're not. They're not Saurus. Oh, but it's Saurus or Croxagore. It works yeah. for both. Yeah. So the Croxagore and the Warspawn counts for them. Saurus Old Bloods. Saurus mm-hmm. Astrolith Bearer. All of those guys are wounding on twos. Yep. And even if you're playing something like when I like to play with my uh, Cruel Boys, and I like you know minus one to wound for things and stuff like that, you just have a plus one across the board. Yeah. So even if your opponent goes to minus one, you're back to normal. Yeah, and it counts for their mounts too. Yeah. It's just bananas. And I think that that's, I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about the different units. Mm-hmm. Um, but all these things hitting and wounding on twos. Uh, if, you, if you charge. If you charge, but if yeah. you're if you're playing it right and you're and you're focusing, you could crush through and then be ready to charge on the next turn. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So 
that's those two. And like I said, I know it's a charge. Maybe the fangs of Sotek are better. Maybe the uh, you know the deep striking is the best. I don't know which it is, but mm-hmm. no matter how you want to play it or try it, there's an option here for you, which I love. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I could say is like they kind of give you these four ways to play the army. Mm-hmm. Is there an, is there another way to do it? You know, if you have like your own creative way to play the list, is this? I you know think, what I, mean? I I don't think you have to have a skink swarm necessarily to play the redeploy. I think you could mm-hmm. bring in a lot of Saurus and be redeploying big boys and scaring the crap out of your opponents with the fangs of Sotek. If mm-hmm. you know, because I, you can be well, any- the re- well the redeploy it only works on fangs of Sotek skink units. Oh, it says the- fangs of Sotek skink. Did I miss that well, word? Well. Yeah, in addition, the first two times redeploy command is issued to any friendly Fangs of Sotek skink units, no command points are spent. Oh. Yeah. So it's free for skink units. Right. But I can redeploy anything, but I would have to pay for it. Yeah. Eh, okay. And I, and I, and I wish that the... I wish they got, like, well, what do skinks have a special thing on redeploy? On their war scroll? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, they do. Yep. Oh, you roll do? two. You roll two dice and pick the and pick either result. Yep. Which is fantastic because you always roll one on a redeploy. Oh right. Okay. 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 So you roll, so you roll two dice and, and pick, pick the, the better one. one. Okay. Oh, so that is really for skinks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I would assume. If you just want to pick whatever you want, like if you're gonna take a lot of monsters, why wouldn't you take? The you know the yeah of course why wouldn't you, know, you? but I I suppose your big catchall is Dracothian's tail yes because then you could just you could bring a mo- you could bring a monster mash in Dracothian's tail sure and put half and and just deep strike half of them yeah so dumb so good <laughs> okay um now now the bite rolls they're, they're they're talking about the bite rule so let's go over the bite rule yeah. real quick this is Saurus and Croxagores. Uh, almost all of them have the bite roll. It's in their. It's the jaws, yeah, right? The Saurus jaws. It's either Saurus jaws or mighty Saurus jaws. Or so pick an enemy on, unit within one inch. You know, um, after the unit fights, after all attacks have been resolved, pick the enemy. Roll one die for each model in the unit of the that's within one inches of that unit. So you got to all your models that are within one inch get to bite. Yeah, they're called bite rolls for each six. Uh, the enemy takes a mortal wound. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe you only have five or six guys up there. But at the yeah. end of every time you fight, you roll for sixes to see if you get mortal wounds for your bite rolls. Right, and heroes uh, roll three dice. Oh, here, that's right. Heroes roll three dice. Um, Something, I guess, if you're like coalesced, mm-hmm. that all happens on a five. Right. For Croxagor and Saurus. So now a third of those things mm-hmm. are going through and it's just it, it's this constant uh, i get a couple of extra mortal wound rolls at the end of everything they may be susceptible to them they're constantly throwing in a d3 here and there yeah constantly um scaly skin here's another thing for colas this is another reason why i was sticking with the uh oh yeah with that um minus one to damage inflicted to a minimum of one for each successful attack that targets coalesced saurus acroxagore or monsters yeah see that that one rule is like okay well that's the old scaly <laughs> skin rule which gave you yeah. a, like a ward save or an extra save and now it's like yeah, yeah that's so good i think i think it used to do i think it used to reduce a pip of rend 
Oh, maybe that's what it was. But now, now minus one damage is minus I, one I damage. Guess, I guess well, I mean, if you're attacking with a bunch of one damage models, then their scaly matter. skin does nothing. Right. So there's that's like there's like an argument out there. It's like what's better, minus one damage or minus one rend? And I think overall, reducing the rend of everything is better. But I always kind of like subtracting just one damage. I, I don't mind that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's something different that's unique to them. Mm-hmm. And I just really like it. I think yeah. it's great. It gives them so much. Then, now, this, now, for their battle traits, remember before they had their rules and they had all the different things with the, with the summoning with points. They don't have that. Right. They have a specific monstrous rampage for each of the big monsters. Right. Carnosaur. The Stegodon, the Troglodon, the Bastilodon. Yeah, so your Carnosaur, if he has his monster Rampage, he can pick a model and roll a dice, and if it's higher than the wound characteristic, that model's dead. Yep, just dead. So, higher than the wound characteristic. So, the odds of you rolling that six on that five wound, you know, hero. <laughs> but you can also just pick that one three wound Stormcast that just is in that big unit, and you're like, okay, yeah. I could take one of those out. Yeah. Uh, Stegodons that have charged... Pick a unit within an inch, and on a four-up, that unit has always has strikes last. Yeah, and keep in mind you get to do two monsters rampages. Oh, that's right. If you pick, yeah. if you're playing the yeah, if you're playing the uh, thunder lizard, the thunder lizards, you get to right. do two. So you get to do the regular stomp, and you can right. pick, you can do this yes. this one. So you can stomp and gargantuan jaws. You can roar and gargantuan jaws. Yep. Titanic duel and this, you know, that kind of stuff. Troglodon uh, rolls the dice on a two-up. Until the end of the fo- until the end of the combat phase, his stench of death rule is twelve inches instead of nine inches. Yeah. And if you don't know what that is, which we don't, we haven't talked S- about it. Stench of death is subtract one to hit made by enemy units within nine inches. Oh, that's right. So that's, <laughs> that goes to ten inches. That's or, yeah, it goes to twelve or twelve inches. That's I'd be using that every turn. And it's just within, not wholly. So yeah. And finally, the Bastilladon. Uh, if you you roll a die, and if it's less than the model number of models in the unit, you do mortal wounds equal to the die roll. Mm-hmm. So roll a die if it's you know if you you know basically if if the unit has seven or more models in it at the moment, then yeah. you're just rolling this and doing mortal wounds. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the role is, I can do. Yeah, d- yeah I, this it makes sense. Like the bigger the unit is, the more damage you're going to take for this giant tail. The harder Sweet. it is to get away from it, right? Uh-huh. You only got a uh-huh. couple guys; they might dodge. But when you got twenty all bo- bottled up together, crunch. Yeah. Astilodons are awesome in this book. Yeah, they're so good. So that's their battle traits. Now they have some cool command traits too. Um, I kind of like custodian of divine technology. Yeah. So the general, your slan general, gets two artifacts. This are in addition to that first artifact you get when you yeah. take your army. So you give someone else an artifact. And this Joker gets two. And this Joker gets two artifacts. And there's and then some you good bring, artifacts. Yeah, then you bring a command, and a command, a detachment that gets you another one. You could have another one. You could have four. For, yeah, you know. but this guy will have two. And having two artifacts on one character could really, I mean, I don't know if that's going to break anything, but it feels right. like it could get crazy. So... Let me go off on a tangent here for one moment. All right. I was I was I was reading this today, and I was like, "Ooh, custodian divine technology. Well, that's cool. Pick two artifacts. Oh, that's cool. You could you could like customize your hero with, you know, with different artifacts, and you could like." And it instantly got me thinking of when the dispossessed 
get their own book of how they're going to do runic magic. <laughs> oh, I would be so happy. <laughs> imagine. Do you imagine? Uh, imagine see, a, they're, they're, okay. They imagine will a two never. Page, they will um, never. Imagine a two-page spread of runic items, and one of the they, command traits is pick, pick a hero in your army and build them a magic weapon with three of these runes. Never going to happen. Oh, it's got to happen. telling you right now, it's never going to happen. And I, I, I got even so excited. Worse, I, got, I was reading this. I got so excited by my own thought. I got like a little dopamine hit. And I, like, <laughs> <gasps> I'll tell you what. What's even worse, though? <laughs> <laughs> is there never I, I, I'll tell you um, you know everyone's waiting for the, the old world to see what's going on with it and I still yeah. got a lot of Barnett's old armies that are still on squares so I'm ready yeah, to play yeah, yeah. I don't have a dwarf army anymore mm. when I had to clear out stuff I had to sell yeah. it I needed money I had to sell it I need money yeah. for school I have two dwarf armies if you want to borrow one I probably will um, <laughs> my point being all I want to see in the old world mm. is runic <laughs> the rules for the runes again. I, okay, I'm, putting this, I'm putting this out into the into the world. Games Workshop, if you're listening to this podcast. They are I th- not. I think they are. Okay. I, th- I think they listen. You think they listen. Okay. I think someone from Games Workshop listens to this. Well, hello, boys. Please include a two-page spread in the Dispossessed or whatever the heck you're going to call the Dwarden book. Runic customized runic items. As much as I would so love happy. it, it's never going to happen. That make stuff will so never happy. come back. They're simplifying oh, everything. No. New 40K rules are getting more simplified like this game. They're not. Uh, I wish. I wish. I miss spending time crafting. <laughs> you know? Okay. You want to go on another tangent? You want to go into, you want to go into total geek loserdom? Yeah. yeah. I had memorized. Oh, most of the actual oh, runes. Hun- no, not just not the names of the runes and the points. The symbol that was next to each of them. Yeah. When I would make my army list, I would just write down the symbols next oh. to them because I knew what the symbol was and how many okay. points it was. Yeah. So when That's I was good. making their armor, I would just write. I would just write armor, and I would write down the three symbols. Mm-hmm. I would put shield, and I would write down the. Th- you know, I, I I just I didn't. That's that's how. That's how into that I was. That that was my first right. army, and it's still to this day is my favorite army. Oh yeah, because that was just bananas—the stuff you could do with them. <sighs> All right, let's get back to this. All right, <laughs> <Yes>. so um, <laughs> command traits, um, once per battle, and see they had a lot of once per battle. Start mm-hmm. of the combat phase, you can add one to the attack's characteristic of melee weapons by Soros and Croxagor units that are wholly within twelve of this unit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't. <sighs> I, I, usually, I usually pass on the ones for battles. The ones for battles, I yeah, I do too. But you can re like, I mean, you can use this like that one key moment. You know what I mean? The, yeah, like, the, and the, that's the, night the whole have, point. Yeah, the night haunt have a similar one that does the same thing. Uh, they got another one, the same thing, but with monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like you, you on a two up, add one to the wound rolls for attacks made by weapons. By yeah. that unit, you have to roll the two up, and I was just like, yeah, "That's silly." I know that is silly. Um, Gen- know, on a once per let's say it's a once per turn ability. So oh, that's once, once per, per turn. Game. So yeah, okay, that one's pretty good because it is once mm-hmm. per turn. One to the wound rolls for your monsters. So then your monsters uh, are hitting on, and it only works in a, if if it's got, if it's someone riding a monster. It mm-hmm. only counts for the mount. It does, right. specifically so, says so, it, which makes sense because it's for the monsters. Right, but 
plus one. It's plus one to the wound rolls for yeah, attacks. Yeah, so you're, you're wounding everything on twos, basically, with those giant monsters. Yeah, and actually, the thing is, if you look at these giant monsters, yeah. if you've got that and you're in the... Um, and you're in the quadrilateral. Oh, and colossal, claw. yeah, yeah. Then you got plus one to wound for the a lot of the Saurus guys. Yeah, because they're on monsters, right? And they got mm-hmm, a Saurus mm-hmm, keyword, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they're at plus two. So then, even if you give them that minus one, <laughs> yeah, somebody gets them a minus they're one. They're still like on Crusader twos. or something. Yeah, it's nasty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh boy. Um, and the two artifact, and then there's the two extra spells. You know, mm-hmm. now the Saurus yeah. have some. Uh, Saurus can also pick some command traits. Yeah. I think pretty Vengeful pretty Defender, pretty I kind of like. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah. Start of your hero phase. If this general is wholly within your territory, you can pick him and up to two other friendly Saurus or Croxcore units wholly within 12 inches of him, and you can each make a normal move. Yeah. Um, you don't have to necessarily leave your territory. You can be screaming across the board. Mm-hmm. With a whole extra move, especially these guys who are on on uh, Saurus and uh, Saurus who are on once again on like, your heroes who are on mounts who are on mounts who are moving twelve S- inches and stuff right. and now right. they're so getting use, yeah so you're using this like turn one yeah yeah and the the big Carnosaurus move ten yep so you're basically if you're I'm gonna go you know if you get the pick I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go first okay you do this man you guys such. You move your 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 Saurus old blood on Carnosaur, and then his two friends also yep. ten inches or you know or two units if that's what it is, and they just move up. Move ten but inches it, up, then you get to move again. Yeah, then you could be <laughs> blocking, doing all sorts of stuff. Um, you just move twenty inches up the battlefield on the first turn. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a that's almost a guaranteed and, charge. And and then your other hero phases too. You could be moving across to get to other places that you know because you don't have to be rushing out of your territory. No, I could be rushing across the territory to another to grab a grab an objective. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all sorts of uses for that. Um, plus one to save rolls. Plus one to all save rolls is actually pretty good. Yeah, it is because it's for attacks that target the general. So plus yeah. one to save, and they've got one, and it's only for the mount. Plus one to the attack characteristics for the mount. Mm-hmm. So these mounts that are already getting bonuses to hit and bonuses to wound, getting extra attacks. Yeah, I mean this is this is brutal stuff. Yeah, it's cool. They don't get to summon extra stuff back. They're not healing and putting back so many models like that, like this, like the like the Starborn are. All right, but what they are doing is living longer because they <laughs> they because they, they subtract the damage. Yep, they. Hit you know lots and of bonuses hitting to, you to save, so and they hit, and they hit you really hard. This is so good. Uh, <laughs> artifacts of power. Uh, once again, it's Slan or Source. Um, mm-hmm. This Throne of the Lost Gods. I love this one. Hmm. Uh, p- plus four to your move and plus one to the wound characteristics. Slan only move five. Oh yeah, they are kind of pokey, aren't they? Yeah. So suddenly they move nine, mm. and they, yeah, they and fly they get an too. extra wound. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think it's okay. Um, I'm not sure. I, are you taking a slant in a in a Quaddle's claw? Um, I'm probably not taking a slant. If if you want to be yeah, casting I, a lot of magic, you you will. I'm I mean, coalesced. If I'm coalesced, I'm probably not taking a slam. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think I'm taking skinks for 
wizardy uh, stuff. Uh, there's a couple of sl- Slanifs, a couple of really great things in them, though. They do. They do. We'll, we'll keep going, yeah. Um, Ixie Grubs, at the start of each hero phase, heal a wound. In yeah, addition, re-roll a casting roll or a dispelling roll. That's amazing. Re-roll an unbinding roll. Yeah. Ugh. That's the that's that's, that's so the good. I'm, that's the one I, I keep going to because the the st- storing up the points and then what it, it once per battle you can do mortal wounds for how many points you build up. Eh. Right. Yeah. Me. Once per battle, cast an additional spell. Any eh. spell from that lore. Eh. Eh. Right. But that Ixie grubs. Oh yeah. I mean, if you're not moving, you're if you're not if you don't need your slam moving quicker because you want him to keep up with his coalesced monsters. Right. So what I like about that Ixie grubs too is it's every hero phase. Yeah, so I'm healing a I'm healing two wounds per battle round, and yeah, then once again and I'm, adding one to casting, re-rolling a casting and dispelling roll. Yeah, or an unbinding roll. So good. Ah. Uh, if you want to be a Saurus, um, I like okay. Sotex gaze, I love this. Yeah, enemy models with a wound characteristic of one or two can't contest objectives while they're within six inches of the bearer. <laughs> If he's on an objective, and yeah. all you have—I mean, most—I mean, a lot of the armies I play are just one and two wound models, except yeah. for you know, yeah. a couple of things. Take that, sixty zombies. Yeah, you can't. Nope, not you. Why? Because he's eyeballing you. It's the gaze of Sotek. He is literally staring down. Yeah. All of these guys, where nobody wants to try to take this from him. That's yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um. The blade of reality is the power sword. Yeah, nice. Improve the rend by one. Add one to the damage. Too bad they don't have the hero. Too bad they don't have the power fist yeah. and the uh, <laughs> and and the flamer in here anymore. What Although, about the blood rage pendant? Yeah, plus one to your attacks for your melee weapons. Yeah, if you once you take half the wounds that you uh, have, then that goes up to two. <laughs> yeah. So it's enraged. Yeah, as you start to get beat down, you start to attack even more. Yeah, I just think that the I, I, if I'm t- if I'm giving a, a relic to a Saurus, uh, I'm that the the Sotex gaze is the first one that's being. Yeah, handed although out. the old blood does have built into his war scroll the Sunbolt Gauntlet. Oh yeah, yeah, which yeah. looks which looks amazingly like. A power, a power fist, a power fist with a flamer built into it, but you know. Well, you know, we we <laughs> we keep saying it's definitely this is forty k, man. This is uh, definitely in the same unit, and now that the rules are getting closer together, <laughs> right? Uh, turns into a war horde sitch where you could play the two games oh God. with each other. Oh, bringing in your your space marines against <laughs> against my Dwarden. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, now, their spell or slan have com- five completely different spells in this, yeah. and this is—I think this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now they still have drain magic. Okay. Yeah. Same that's way. The it same works one. the same way. Um, but I think that's the only one that's the same. Yeah, the others are different. Yeah. Um, one you draw, draw, draw a line to any corner of the board you pick, and yeah. if you if the line crosses. A unit on a four enemy up, it takes unit, D- yeah. an enemy, they take D3 mortals. It casts on an eight. That's the Earth Trembles. That's like the Cracks Call. Yeah. Old one. Yeah. Uh, impo- it, only, it only works on a four up, though, which I don't like. Yeah. Especially since I cast it on an eight and I'm drawing a line to the yeah. corner of the board. Now, it could, yeah. be, it could be a long 
corner, it could be a bunch of right. units. So I, yeah, I guess, I I guess if you there. know all, if you know all the spells, sure. Yeah. Um, empowered Celestite cast on a seven, eighteen inches. Pick a Saurus unit. Improve their rend for their Celestite weapons by one. It has to have Celestite in the name to be that type of a weapon, but plus one rend on the Saurus, who are already wounding on twos because they charged. Yeah. Now they have extra rend. Yep. Uh, Drain Magic, we already talked about that. Uh, They still have it. Itzel's Invigoration, cast on a six, 12-inch, friendly monster. Um, Until the start of your next hero phase, oh, you use the top row of the damage table. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know that's always a good one. Yeah, especially if you've got a slant and you're playing and you're you're playing uh, thunder monsters. Mm-hmm. If you're playing the you know the monster mash, is the slant? No, they are not monsters. No. Um, okay. And their last one is telepathic tele- summons. This yeah. is good. Six range nine. Pick a friendly source unit is not a monster visible to the caster. So you just said yeah. Remove that unit from the battlefield and set it up again on the battlefield wholly within range of the caster. So you just have to see it, see something, and then you cast the spell, and then you move that unit to within nine inches of you. Yep. That's how it works. So if you get caught off guard by some, and it doesn't say anything about not being near an enemy unit. So if right. you, you catch my slant off guard... I just grab that unit of Saurus from across the table and pop it down right next to me. Yeah. In combat. Yep. There you go. That's a great mm-hmm. That's a great and spell. It, can, you can also use it as like a as like a rescue uh-huh. device to like, oh my god, that unit is in trouble. Not anymore. Plum. Not anymore. Boop. You could I mean, you could do dirty stuff with this. You could like you could just like make some crazy charge with like a Saurus unit. Rah, do something. Uh, on the bottom of a turn, and then you're kind of like, oh, I hope I get the double turn, and then you get the double turn, and then you just pull that unit back because <laughs> they're getting yeah. ready to just get obliterated. Yeah, yeah. It, you can, yeah. It's it's a very useful spell. Mm-hmm. And if you have the skinks running with your coalesce, because you gotta have some, you gotta have some wizards in your coalesced army. Yeah, I mean they're just too good not to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, what do the skinks do? Cast on uh, light as Chotek. Seven, 12 inch, pick a Seraphon model, wholly within range. Roll a number of dice equal to the number of wounds allocated to it. For each five, heal a wound. Eh, yeah. that's. That's like a, you cast it on your monsters. Yeah. The guys have taken 10 wounds, so you're rolling 10 dice, hoping for a lot of fives and sixes. Yeah. Uh, Heavenly Frenzy, cast on a seven, 18 inches, pick a Seraphon unit. It can run and charge. That's cool. That is good. It's just any, any Seraphon unit. Uh huh. That's and, really good. Yeah. And Titus Serpentis, cast on a 7, 15-inch range, pick an enemy unit, roll a number of dice equal to the number of models in that unit. For each five up, they take a mortal wound. So yeah. it's literally the exact opposite of the Light of Chotek. Yeah. Roll, that's rolling dice for wounds. This, this one, you're rolling the dice for a number of models, and you're doing mortals. Yeah. All useful. Well, I like that telepathic summon so much, though. Yeah, because it's got a lot of utility. But, okay, so that now we've gone through all the... R- mm-hmm. special rules. We'll come back to the match play in the core battalions later. Yeah. Um but I definitely think we should take a break. It's been about 45 minutes. Okay. Let's take a break and let's try to run through these units. Now we don't have to go through once again. Every, we'll we'll definitely cover the new stuff. Yeah. Uh, in a little more detail, but 
we're going to go with some generalities here because this army has a lot of repetitive rules, mm-hmm. uh, rules that almost everybody has. So we'll hit the big points when we get back and then start talking about the grand strategies and all the armies. Oh, yeah. So many cool things and suddenly beautiful models. Ugh. I wish I had all the money in the world and didn't need a job. I would just build all <laughs> the armies and paint all day. I would be a happy, happy human being. Right. All right, we'll be back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back. Yeah. All right. So hey. let's talk about some slam. We got Lord yeah. Croak. Yeah. I can't think of a reason why you wouldn't take Lord Croak. He's <laughs> really good. I mean, okay, the regular uh, slam uh, has uh, some stuff that he doesn't that is good, too. Yeah. And they're both pretty cheap. I mean, well, it, it depends on the point. Yeah. A slam is 275 Lord Croak is 395 yeah, so for another 120 points, he gets a bunch. You okay. get a bunch. Uh, I mean, he of gets stuff. a lot. I mean, it's but they're also he could just suddenly die. Like, yeah. So okay, he no, can cast not. and dispel four spells, which he is knows amazing. All, all the spells from whatever lore for whatever army he's in. Amazing. Okay. Um, he's a general. Yeah, he, he's, he's a general. Even yeah, he's a general. Mm-hmm. Um, Flies. You can pick a skink within 12 inches or an oracle anywhere, yep. and you can measure the range of your spell from them. They both do that. They both do that. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. He's got something called a force. Okay, he's okay. 18 wounds, four up save. Okay. Which is double the wounds of a slam. Of a regular slam, which is nine and four, uh, four mm-hmm. up save. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's got this. He's only got a single attack, and you can't ever change the number of attacks this has. Yeah. You roll a die for each model within three inches. And you roll five dice instead of one for any monsters within three inches. On a five up, that model's unit takes a mortal wound. That's that's its attack. Just yep. r- roll for roll for fives and do mortals. Um now here's the thing. He's got eighteen wounds. If you do eighteen yeah. wounds to him in a in a phase, he dies. If you do less than 18 wounds to him, this is what happens. At the end of each phase that he took wounds, yeah. so shooting phase, combat phase, hero phase, whatever phase, yeah. I roll 3d6 and add the number of wounds he has taken. If the roll plus the wounds is 20 or more, he's dead. Yeah. So if I do 
two wounds to him. Yeah, if I shoot him with something, I do six wounds to him in the shooting phase. Yes, my long strike, my rap, long strike bows did six mortal wounds to the lower croak. Sweet. He takes six wounds. I roll three d six, add six to it. If it's twenty or more, he's dead. I rolled seven on my three dice. Seven so, plus six, thirteen. So now at the end of the phase, because it wasn't a twenty or more, mm-hmm. he is now back up to eighteen wounds. Yep. Now, granted, you could do two wounds to him, and your <laughs> opponent could roll triple sixes and cry. Yeah. Right. Um. But that's every phase. You have to do eighteen wounds to him in a phase, mm-hmm. or there's a chance he's going to live. So this guy, he can cast, he can make himself ethereal with a spell. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, where is the ethereal spell for him? It's under, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a starborn one, right? No, no, it's a, com- it's a, it's a command trait. He can't take it. Oh, it's a command trait. Okay, yeah, so... Okay, so maybe he can't make himself ethereal unless there's no, some he other cannot. thing. Okay. No, that's yeah. Oh well. He what else? All, all he can do is cast Mystic Shield on himself for defense. Oh, that's true. And all and then he could all out defense. Now they both are uh, he's he they both have a rule. Uh his is better. There's foresight, he's got impeccable foresight. At the start of your hero phase, roll three dice for this unit. For each four up, you get a command point. The yeah. regular slant only gets to roll two dice. Right. So that's another thing he's got on top of him. Pretty cool. Um, he is the supreme master of order. He adds two to all of his casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls. And he can... Un- he can- how, close, how close do you have to be to attempt to unbind? 30. Okay, he can do it from anywhere on the board. Mm-hmm. Just anywhere on the board. Yep. Plus two. Plus two. Which means he's going to get these. He's he's going to push these four spells through. You're going to get four. Yeah. Even the tough, at, and, even the tough ones that cast on eights. He's yeah. probably going to get. He's probably going to get them off. And if he gets all those spells off, then he gets all those command points. Yeah. Um, or not command points. He gets all those uh the the power points. Mm-hmm. Uh. They, he's got, at the start of the combat phase, he can pick an enemy unit within 12 inches. This is unique to him. Roll 2d6. If it's higher than their bravery, they strike last. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff he's got. And he's also got his own regular spell. Cast on a 7, 12-inch range. Pick three enemy units, up to three enemy units within range. 12 inches. Each of them takes d3 mortal wounds. And it says you can cast this spell multiple times. Yeah. So I can cast this four times. Yeah. But it can't affect this. It can affect the same unit four times. Yes. I could pick the same three units and mm-hmm. do D three wounds four times. <laughs> yeah. That I okay. That's I mean what? That's great. That's, that's eight wounds. Yeah. That's nasty. Pretty now good. the the Slan Star Master doesn't have that spell. He does a different spell. Yeah. Cast on a seven gives him a four up ward against mortal wounds. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Uh, Celestial Equilibrium. That's another spell he's got. So he actually has two spells as opposed to Lord, Lord Croak's one spell. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, he also, he's not the supreme master of order. The regular slant also gets plus one to all his casting and unbinding right. and all that stuff. So And can do a table wide as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but his other spell goes off on a six. Add one to casting rolls for friendly wizards other than the caster. Yeah. So your slant star master can add one to all wizards on the table. So why would you want to take the regular slant star master? Because he can boost a lot of stuff, including Lord Croak, who's already at a freaking plus two. <laughs> That's Suddenly true. Suddenly becomes a plus three. <laughs> if you're taking Lord Croak and a slant star master in your list. <laughs> I mean, but you're probably, okay, so you're not taking Coalesced. Right. You know, but if you're not taking, why wouldn't you? Mm, I didn't like, even think of that. Dude, yeah. that would be so much fun. Yeah, I was just I was picturing you take Lord Croak or a Slant Star Master, not both. <laughs> and this the he uh, the regular Slant Star Master has a command ability. Pick a friendly unit, and that unit can fly until your next hero phase. And plus one to save rolls against missile attacks because it's flying and it's harder to hit it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Your unit that they are trying to pick on and shoot and t- and take things out plus one to save rolls. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and honestly. You can give it to someone who can already fly just to get the plus one to their save. Sure, I gave it to himself. Yeah, because your your save roll can go more than one, right? It's just your hit and wound rolls. It can only go up and down by one, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I can I can cast uh, Mystic Shield on someone. Yeah, when you, you can you can your save can only get better plus or minus one. So you save you can save stack though. You can save stack, right? That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying, right? Yeah. So I could use this command ability in my hero phase. And even if the thing already flies, yeah. he's got plus one to save rolls against missile weapons, mm-hmm. and then I can Mystic Shield him, and then he's got plus one, plus, yeah. Uh, yeah, plus two against and missile can, weapons. Then you can, can all-out defense. Yeah, uh, you could just, re- I mean, just make, sure. if you really want to make it, you know, lock yeah. that in. Mm-hmm. But so that's, those are your big Yeah, those wizards. are your swans. Yeah. Now, do we want to go with the skinks since they're wizardy too? Sure, let's just run through the wizards. Yeah. Um, we're going to skip the war cry or the underworld's war band only because it's got like three different rules. And that actually, that is pretty cool. If you take a look at it, they all benefit, like they all have rules that if they're next to each other, they get bonuses. I just, we don't have time for it. Right. Um, okay. So skink star seer. Six on a chair. Yeah. He's sitting on the chair. Once per battle, you can say he will scry the stars. Roll a number of dice equal to the current battle round for each Two plus, you can pick a friendly Seraphon unit, and they have a ward of five until the start of your next hero phase. I wish that was once per turn. Yeah, I know. God. I mean, you okay, so if you wait until about round turn, battle round four, yeah. you get four dice, you get four units. I would like to see it being once per turn, like you said, um, or once per battle round. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or yeah, only in your hero phase. So it'd be once per turn. Yeah. In your hero phase, roll the dice equal to the number of the battle round. So instead of, you know, so that way on turn one, you got yeah, a chance yeah. to do it for one. Right. Maybe if you do it every turn, maybe make it for each three up or four up, you know. Mm-hmm. But I would like that, but I'll take I'll take this. It's not bad. I mean, he's he's 150. But his spell is great. Yeah. Cast on a seven, range of 12, Celestial Doom. Pick an enemy unit until the end of your turn. Ward rolls cannot be made for models in that unit. Not just till the end of your turn, but mm-hmm. a guy who's relying heavily on ward saves, taking yeah. that away from the unit is brutal. Pretty good. Yeah. 
Skink Star Priest, he's only got five wounds and a five-up save. He's not nearly as good. Um, he can pick a Seraphon wholly within 12 inches, and uh, sixes do mortal wounds on top of. That's not bad. That's no, pretty good. And then his spells, six cast on a six, range of 18 inches, uh, pick an enemy unit, and minus one can, to hit from them. So, so the Serpent Staff can be used on uh, shooting as well. Yes. So you use it on skinks with, like, blowpipes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing with the skinks, these are some pretty cool things. And then you get the Oracle, who's riding the Troglodon. 14 wounds and a 4-up save. He's got regen. Minus one to hit rolls for enemies within nine inches of this thing because it smells so bad. Yeah, the stench of death. He causes terror. Troglodons cause terror, so you can't get an inspi- you cannot get the Inspiring Presence command within three inches of him. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, venomous jaws, and uh, basically yeah, that's the same thing as the uh, the cruel boy's venom. Sixes to uh, hit. Yeah. Sixes to hit do mortal wounds equal to the damage, and those jaws, it's three. So sixes um, to hit on that do three mortal wounds. Yeah. Now, if you can adjust that damage... I don't know if you can, but I know there's a lot of things to talk about that. If there was a way mm-hmm. to boost that, that would be pretty cool. Um, and it also, he's got a spell, and I like this one, Primordial Mire. Cast on the 7, 12 inches. Pick an objective or a terrain feature. Um, until your next hero phase, units within three inches of the objective cannot run or retreat and must half the results of charge rolls. So you kind of lock them into a place. Yeah, and it has no effect on skinks. Yeah. Because skinks can run over anything, and those are your those are your hero skinks. Yeah, skinks are pretty cool, actually. Well, wizardy skinks. Uh, There's a couple. There's a couple hero skinks. Well, those didn't we just cover them? Well, there's the pterodon chief, the ripperdactyl chief, the stegodon chief. Oh, that's right. So, okay, Uh, that's yeah, the hero version of those units. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about them when we get to them, I guess. Yeah. There's just so many units in here. There's a lot. They, yeah, there's a lot. I, I'm, like this, this model range has been out for a minute. So Yeah. Like I feel like we're taking way too much time going through each unit's thing. Like it's driving mm-hmm. me nuts kind of, so I want to kind of yeah. I want to go over a few other things. Let's talk about the old blood. Yep. And then we're going to sort of we're going to jump over and talk about the uh, agrodons a bit and yep. then we're yep. going to just hit the big things. Yep. I agree. Old Blood has seven wounds and a three-up save. The guy on foot. The guy on foot, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, when he fights, if there's Saurus Warriors or Saurus Guards next to him, he can make them fight, too. So you can yep. have two units fight with one pick. I like that rule. What Now, what does All-Out Attack do normally? Plus, plus one to hit. Okay, so All-Out Attack gives you plus one to hit. If if this Old Blood does, an all, does that to a Saurus Warrior or a Saurus Guard unit... They also get plus one to wound. Yeah, that's bananas. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when they can already get plus ones to wound all over so the place. So now they're on twos and twos. Yeah. That's a great... Uh, that all-out attack suddenly becomes great with one of these guys. Oh, God, yeah. And he's got, the, he's got the Mighty Sword Show, so he's got the right. bite. Right. Yeah, well, sixes do mortals. He gets, uh, you know, rolls three dice. Yeah, he's uh, just a good fighter, you know. You put this guy on a Carnosaur, his save actually goes down because he doesn't have his cool shield. He doesn't have a shield. But he's, he's got rocking, he's, 15 he's rocking wounds. The, the, the power fist. Yeah. 
He's got 15 wounds. Um, he causes terror, so no inspiring presence. He can issue the same command two times in the same phase. He doesn't have to pay for it. Um, and if any enemy models are slain by wounds caused by this unit's attacks, for the rest of the battle, they're plus one to wound yeah, for the mount. It's, it's blood frenzied. Yeah. But his clawed for limbs and massive jaws can do a bunch of damage. Oh, and he's yeah. plus one to wound. So once again, as soon as the Saurus old blood on Carnosaur kills anything, yeah, the, 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 the mount is wounding on twos. Mm-hmm. And just to point out, it's uh, the 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 front limbs, the forelimbs, two attacks. They start at threes to hit. It drops down to five if he gets wounded. But threes by threes, one rend, two damage. So that goes to threes to twos. Mm-hmm. Um, the massive jaws have three attacks. They're fours by threes, two rend, and they start at five damage. Yeah. And it goes down to two as it, as it gets hurt. Mm-hmm. So... Adding Getting, yeah. plus twos to wound on that is just yeah crazy. And there's and there's ways to get them extra attacks too. Yeah, or all out attack if you get well, all out attack with them, or you know. Well, I would say you get an extra attack with some of these command traits and battle traits and stuff. Some getting a getting an extra massive jaw attack is huge. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. Now twenty damage. Oh, so good. <laughs> now they do have a totem. The astrolith bear is a totem. Yeah, this, um, is the, this is the guy who's got the revivifying energies. Yeah. Now, what is it? Plus plus one to cast for yeah. wizards within 12 inches. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he gets that. Plus six inches to the range of the spell they're casting. So all that stuff we've been talking about just got an extra six inches next to him. Yeah. And you get a six-up ward if you're holy within 12 inches of him as well. Um, That's not bad at all. This guy might be, we were thinking about that earlier, like, what's a one plus? This guy might be in every army. Why wouldn't you? He's got a four up save. He's got six wounds. He's got a decent amount of attacks. He boosts all your wizards. Yeah, and I was say, if he, ain't there, he ain't there to fight. If you're playing uh, Starborn, then why wouldn't you have this guy? You the bonus to the thing. Would. Yeah, I mean, it's it. he does. You might have, you might have two uh, yeah, I could see that. Uh, and Ash, and he's 140 points for this hero. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff happening. He's got bites as well. He's doing this. Why wouldn't you take this? Yeah. <laughs> Plus, he once again, he's a node. Right. He's a node, and he gives you an extra cosmic power point every turn. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you take him? Yeah. Now, what else have we got here? Um the Scarvet on Carnosaur, similar. It's, just, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah it's just uh, Scarvet is... A little cheaper. Is, yeah. cheaper. Not quite as cool. He's got the Blood Frenzy, just like the other guy, so plus one for his Carnosaur attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the Bites, you know, it's all that stuff. He's got a shield, but he doesn't get an extra save for some reason. Well, because he's only a Scarvet. They're not as tough. Oh, that's true. See, you got to got to think of it that way. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the Scarvet's got eight wounds and a four-up save on foot. So, or no, that's on an Agrodon. Let's yeah. talk about the Agrodons. Oh man, All these right. are new. These are new. Yes, um, the Alpha Roar once per battle at the start of your combat phase. You this can is, unleash this, this is, the Feral yeah. Roar. 
Yeah, this says, is the scar, right? This is a scar veteran on Agrodon. Yeah, scar vet on Agrodon. So the Agrodon lets out his. If you do so, increase the rage score of friendly Agrodon units wholly within 18 inches by one. Now, I'll explain what that means in a minute. So once per battle, you can pick a friendly unit with this ability. So can I only do it once per battle? Like, what if I had two of these guys? They could each do it. I, that's what I thought, right? They can each mm-hmm. do it once per battle. So mm-hmm. it adds to rage ability. What does that mean? Okay. So primal rage. Primal rage. Okay. You start off with zero primal rage points. At the end of each combat phase, if you're within three inches of the enemy units, you get a primal rage point. If at the end of a combat phase you are not within three inches of an enemy unit, your rage points go to zero. Okay. So you get one at the end of every single combat phase that you're within that you're in combat. It can only go up to three, but if you throw this guy into combat and you get him st- stuck in, you know he's gonna he could be there for a while. So what is this rate? It can go from one to three. So what? Okay. Mm-hmm. So what is add that to the to the bites and striking talons to the number of attacks. So this to thing... The, to the Agridon, yeah. Yeah, so the Agridon has three attacks, threes by threes, two rend, two damage. Ouch. That's not bad at all. No. Especially how often this is a Saurus unit. And yeah. so your Saurus units get plus one to wound. Mm-hmm. So this guy's going to be... Three attacks, threes by twos, two rend, two damage. Yeah, it's nuts. This rage score that can go up to three increases the number of your attacks. Yeah. So you get him stuck in the combat, and the longer he's in combat, then this thing's doing six attacks. Threes six by, attacks. Yeah. Every combat phase. Yeah. As long yeah. as you keep him in battle, he's getting more and more attacks with that thing. Yeah, and the Agrodon Lancers, the unit has the same rule. <laughs> the primal rage rule again, yeah. Um, th- th- oh, they're so cool. Yeah. And it was I like that they talked about how these were eggs that never hatched. They couldn't get them to hatch, but now that the realm the era of the beast is happening, yeah. these yeah. really crazy aggressive bloodthirsty animals are coming out and yeah, we're so they have using four ups four up saves. Yep. Five wounds each. For the Lancers. The, Agri- the Agridon Lancers. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Now I Honestly, have a their attacks are better okay. The Agridon Lancers they have, yeah. Okay, three attacks from the spear, three attacks from the club, and three attacks from the bites and talons, right? Right. So you're either, you either have the spear or the club. Now, if you listen right. to this, though, the spear is fours by threes, two rend, one damage. If you take the club, it's threes by threes, one rend, run damage. So the actual biting and talons are the yeah. strongest attack on this unit. Yeah. And those are the attacks that go up. The Scarvet, honestly... He gets four attacks. He has two different weapons he can pick, and the one mm-hmm. that has the same rend and damage as the striking talons, it has actually one more attack. It's got all right. the same stats. Yeah. But as soon as that goes up a couple, once again, the best thing on the hero's model doing yeah, attacks the mount. Yeah, the is mount. the mount. The Agridons are stupid. Yeah, they're cool. It's now, so good. A question for you. Yeah, yeah. The, there's the new models, obviously the Agrodon models, but everybody, whoever has ever played Lizardmen in their lives, has a butt ton of source on cold ones. Can you? Would you? The old cold ones. Can Is you this... use the? Can you use the models of cold ones as Agrodons? What do you think? 
Okay. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I wouldn't because there are no more cold one riders. Those right. models are no longer exist. There's not right. something that they could be instead. Right. They couldn't be anything else. Right. So, and plus those I, cold ones are all those old pot-bellied lizards. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have those guys, the really old ones. Yeah. And then they came out with a newer one, right? They came out with a new cold one, which is a lot cooler looking. They were called like the Saurus Oh, that's Knight. right. I remember that. Yeah, 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 they had, yeah. They were called Saurus Knights. And they were actually in the start collecting box. So everybody, whoever's ever played these guys has a ton of them. Yeah. I, I, okay. I would have no problem with that. Right. I mean, there are still cold ones in the lore. But I mean, there's the, no the dark, there's, the dark elves ride them. There is no model in this army that looks right. like that. So if you just tell me that those were Agrodons and they don't look like any of the other mounted things, I would right. be like, oh, okay, right? Yeah, the, I, I would never have a problem with anybody. But I will any say Seraphon this, player doing that. We will say this. Um, I, I would probably just want to buy the new models because <laughs> they, they're much better looking than those old models. Yeah, they are cool. Okay. Um. What have we kind of skipped? Uh, okay. Who else have we got? We got the Agrodon, the Primal Rage. We talked about the Skink Star Seers. We didn't talk about the... T- now, the Pterodon Chief and the Ripperdactyl Chief, those are heroes who basically have the same rules as they used to have for the units. Yep. Ripperdactyl Chief still has the Bloat Toad. You put that in... You pick that uh, unit to, to give that to, and it makes the Ripperdactyls go crazy. Yeah. Um, Pterodon- the unit has it. The unit has it, too. Yeah. The Pterodon Chief has a, basically what's the old drop rocks rule. Yep. When he flies, he can pick a unit, roll some dice, and if he hits you and does any wounds when he drops his rocks on you, uh, it halves your movement as well. Yeah, and the Pterodon Riders have it as well. Yeah, so that's not bad. The Stegodon mm-hmm. Chief, similar stuff. Yeah. Um, They're fast. They the are so fast. Pterodons, Pterodons move 16. Yes. Ripper Dactyls move 12. Yep. Um... Up, 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 up. Six wounds each on the chief and three on the riders, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, not bad. They have no, almost no save, but whatever. Now that's that's it for the heroes. Then, and I went through this, yeah. and I, you don't find any. There's like a lot of similar things, but there's nothing that really stood out that said you have to take this with this. Like right, some guys right. have rules say I'll do stuff for skinks and I do stuff for Saurus. That's mm-hmm. that's obvious. Right. So But you can kind of you can mix and match this whole army as so, much so as you want, I think. So there's really only two Saurus units that we didn't talk about. And that's just the the Saurus warriors and the Saurus guard. Yep. Right. So I and Croxagors. So yeah, let's yeah, right. cover those guys right away. Yep. So the Saurus warriors, I think like point for point, stat for stat. They're pretty good. They They're, might be Maybe the one of the best battle line units. I think they're definitely this, one of the best game. battle line units in the game. I don't know if they're oh. the best, but they are definitely yeah. up there. Oh my gosh! I mean, all right, they got a four up save. They got two wounds. Um, they get plus one to run and charge with their standard bear, um, yeah. or with their plus musician. One bra- plus one bravery. Plus one bravery. Plus- so they they become bravery nine and. Um, Plus one to run and charge rolls when they have the command unit. Mm-hmm. Plus one to save rolls. This is the rule that makes them awesome. If you are contesting objectives or if you're wholly within your territory. So when you start the game, you're yep. plus one to save for attacks, for everything. They're just plus one to save. Yeah. So they're saving on three in their own territory or when they're contesting objectives. And these guys, and realistically, these are the guys who are going to be on the objectives. <laughs> yep. These are, the, these are the units that are going to do it. And they are 10. 
for 200 points. Yeah. It's really good. And they got the jaws. So they got the bite attacks, too. Mm-hmm. Soros Guard. Now, they have a three-up save instead of the four-up save. Yeah. They also have the, the run and charge and the uh, plus one bravery. Mm-hmm. They have the bite. Um, their big specialty is non-monster heroes. The Soros Guard can step up and uh, take take the wounds for the heroes. Yeah, and they're... They're five, so a little smaller unit. Five for one thirty. Yeah, but they, I mean, they. I would they're just also be, battle line. I would just be taking Sora's warriors uh, unless I wanted to put these. This is where you asked, why would you be taking a slan if you're playing coalesced? I'll throw yeah. these guys around him, mm-hmm. and then they're taking even less wounds. Yeah, because they have the bodyguard rule. Yeah. So uh, those guys are great. The the ones they that are awesome. The ones that confuse me a little bit mm-hmm. is the Croxagors. Okay. And I don't mean confused like I didn't understand the rules. But they talk about the regular Croxagor, okay? Yep. Now both types, both flavors, Croxagor and the Croxagor War Spawn. Mm-hmm. Both four wounds, four up save, five inch move, seven braver. Like all the same stats. Yeah. Okay. Um their weapons. You know, uh basically the weapons that uh, the now the, uh, you talk about the Croxagore, four attacks on their weapons, one rend, two or three damage depending on the weapon, you know. But then the Warspawn have one extra rend but one less attack, and I'm like, I thought if they were geared for war, I guess they're slower. I mean, why would they get less attacks? Yeah, they might be a little slower, I guess. Um, the interesting things with them is because these guys are really dumb, both types. Um. A champion in a skink unit can issue commands to this unit like it was as long as it's wholly within 12 inches. So so do you remember the rule back in the old Lizardman book where you could have mixed units? Oh, yeah. Uh, The Croxagore with the skinks in it? Yeah, so there's like three Croxagores in the front, and then in the back was like six or 12 skinks. Yeah, that was crazy. That's what they're trying to... Well, plus, I think, remember, they talk about how these guys need the skinks to lead them. So, yeah. yeah. So they can issue commands instead of just to their own unit. They can also right. issue them the Croxagore. That's for both. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they both have the bites. But now the regular Croxagore, unmodified hit rolls of six, do two hits instead of one if the unit has ten or more models. That's not yeah. that great a rule. Right. Um, now the war spawned plus one attack if That's any weird. models in friendly skink units wholly within twelve inches have been killed in this phase. <laughs> so weird. So you're keeping skinks next to them to give them commands and keep them fighting. If any of them die, this guy gets extra attacks. Yeah. And you're minus one to wound him from missile weapons. Yeah. I just don't see how the Warspawner is so much more elite. Like, they have well, they, slightly better like, rules. They have better rend. Yes, but they have less attacks. They have less attacks. Plus one attacks Unless- if you hold off and let the skinks die first. <laughs> then they have the same number of attacks. Yeah. And you're minus one to wound them with with uh, missile weapons. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just... I don't. What's it's the- a weird set of rules, I agree. 
like when you read the lore, it talks about how the war spawned are like you can use regular Croxagore to do construction work and stuff. Right, right. And not these guys. They just I mean, we just talked about this. And it's <laughs> yeah. o- it's ten more it's only a ten point difference. They're only right. ten points more. I just, I don't, I mean, for 10 points, I guess, yeah, take them. Because they're kind of cool, and I like the minus one to wound. I mm-hmm. like the extra, they, they get the extra rend. I just don't see them as being, oh, these guys are only warriors. I just like the sweet combo you can do with them. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. It's so nasty. Uh, you want to explain the combo? So we talked about it earlier with the, uh, where you bring them in a, uh, Starborn list. Oh, right, you, right, right. Then right, you right. teleport them out, and then you move them in the hero phase. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got in here? Let's talk about the regular skinks, because if you could play a whole skink army. You could play a skink army, absolutely. One wound with a six-up save. Yeah, regular skink. It's like a, if you're like playing a skink army, you're like your, your whole mission in life is to have as little combat as possible. Now, you can either give them the Meteoric Javelin, which is mm-hmm. a missile weapon, yep. along with the Celesite Dagger and Starbuckler, or the Bolt Splitter, which is a different weapon, with the cel- uh, Celetite, uh, with the Stagger and the Buckler. And the Buckler is basically a shield that gives them a five-up save instead yeah. of a six-up save. Yeah. Or you can take the Bolt Splitter and the Moonstone Club, which is the big club, which they don't get uh, saved, but they actually have a decent attack. Then, yeah, there's is there an option? Was is there an option for Bolt Splitter and Shield? Yes, you there can is. take the Javelin and the Dagger, and yep. the Dagger comes with the with the Buckler. You can take the Bolt Splitter and the Dagger, or you can take the. Um, I don't. I don't. If you take a bolt spitter, I think that's all you get. No, it's look. Oh, I see. Yeah, comma javelin, comma dagger and buckler. Bolt splitter, comma dagger and buckler. Oh, I see. Okay. Moonstone club and star buckler, and that's that. If you take the club and the and the star, you can. So you can take that just just the club without any missile weapon, or you can take bolt splitter and the club. Mm-hmm. So three of the four options you you get you can have a shield. If you take the long range attack and the the multiple attack club, so basically if you take the two biggest weapons, you can't have a shield. Right. Any other combo you can. So you have bolt spitter dagger. You can have a shield. I got you. Yeah, because um, because there's old models of skinks that have bows. So every time this unit runs. Or redeploys, you can roll two dice instead yeah. of one and pick the result. Never seen that roll before. Swift and nimble. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Running and redeploying, and you can roll two dice instead of one and pick the. Uh, that's that's yeah. So and, they used and, they used to they used to have a rule when it was their turn to fight, they just ran away. <laughs> that's right. They could just run away in the combat phase, so they can move in there, tie you up, and lock you down, and then run away before they yeah. fight. Um. I, I I don't. I guess I would have to see a skink swarm in action to understand how you're going to make this work. Unless it's just they're super cheap and you just take a billion of them. Yeah, and, and then you just, just, you just hold all just, the wounds. How much is ten skinks? Put back. Put back. Ten skinks is eighty five points. Oh, see, so you take a ton of them, and then you're putting back D three models or D three wounds every. Yeah. If you're if you're playing in the. Uh, and you know what's awesome about skinks too is 
they're allies for a lot of order armies, and their abilities are not keyword locked. Oh, that's true. So you can just redeploy with you bring these guys in like your, you know, your Lumineth Realm Lords army. And you just throw them up there as a screen, and somebody comes up to kill them, and you just boop, boop, redeploy. See ya. Oh, yeah, that's okay. I see. And you that. get two dice, and you get two dice. So the, you know what I mean? It's not locked into like, right. oh, you have to you have this and that. Nope, just it's on their war scroll. That's it. So they're an awesome ally as well. Yep. Um, Raptodon hunters and chargers are interesting because they work in tandem. Mm-hmm. The hunters have a rule that if they're near the chargers. That, uh, let's see, at the end of your charge phase, if it's more than three inches from enemy units and within 12 inches of a charger unit that made a charge move this phase, this unit can shoot. Yeah. And it shoots at the one you charge. So you charge someone and these guys are not in combat. They will shoot at the unit at the end of your charge phase that you just charged. Yeah. And um, the if you're playing the chargers, plus one to hit rolls for attacks made with their lances, the target and enemy unit. If that unit was a target of a shooting attack, maybe so I charge. Yeah. The hunters get to shoot at the unit. Yep. And if they do shoot at the unit, because I've got one near enough to do it, you get plus one to hit. Then I'm plus one to hit. Mm-hmm. So my land, I go from fours by threes to threes by threes. Not bad. I mean, you 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 kind of got to take them together if you're going to do this to make it All effective. Right. Like their rules right. are based on them being together. Yeah. I think this is a fun. Thing, I don't know that I would take them. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's fun and interesting that these guys, we're going to rush in, you shoot them and distract them, then we'll, that'll give us a chance to attack them a little more. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what they're doing, right? They're working together. How right, much they're working these, together. Yeah. How much do these clowns cost? Uh, each unit is five for a buck and a half. And if you're for- playing Fangs of Sotek, they're battle line. Yeah. So it's 300 for the 10 for the two units of five. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That is a lot. I don't and know. They're pretty if they're, squishy. Yeah, two wounds apiece, five up save. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Cool, Although cool they are one or two wound models, so you can put three back. Right, you you if could you're, bring them back. You could bring them back with. The, but that's not battle line because that's oh, Fangs of Sotek is mm-hmm. is uh, uh, Starborn. So yeah, yeah that could yeah, work. Yeah. Uh, Spawn of Chotek's kind of cool. It's got that fire. You know, it's the it's what is it's the old sal it's a salamander. The salamander, yeah. yeah. So you get to pick uh, if it shoots a gob of flame, acid, or a stream of fire. So you pick one. Um yeah. And then, so the gob of flame, acid, twenty four inch range, which is kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. It's on a four, which is, eh, but you could I guess you could all out attack it or some other bonus. Wound on two, rend two, and then it's the old crapshoot. D six damage. damage. It's only one attack, you know, and fours by twos, two. It's not bad. The but stream if have, of, but if you, but if you have three, <laughs> yeah, if you have three of them, oh yeah, I suppose, yeah. Um, the stream of fire is interesting. It's only a twelve inch range, but it's equal to the number of models in the unit is how many attacks it gets because it's just basically like just yeah. just spreading the, flame, the flamethrower. Yeah, flamethrower max of ten though. Max of 10. So 10 attacks, twos by threes, two rend, one damage. So, mm-hmm. And what's cool about the uh, Gob of Flame Acid is if it does a wound, that unit is now minus one save until the end of the turn. You can only do that once per turn to them, but still, every turn yeah. you attack with this, now they're minus one save. So then you attack yeah. with something else. So you, so you do the first one, spits on them, does a wound, 
Then the next two, <laughs> it's Ren two, and that unit is now minus one. Save. Yeah. So I, 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 so I'm saying if you're taking one spawn of Kotek, you're taking three. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like that's like it's like a whole thing. Yeah. Because by because by one is kind of like oh that's cute. Do you hear uh-huh. it in my voice? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like one one is cute. Three is a threat. You know what I mean? It's like oh no, like yeah. And they're pretty good in combat. The oh, okay yeah. Three attacks. Three's yeah. to hit. Three's wound. Ren two damage. Three. I mean, that's enough to kill a chosen right there. Yeah. Uh, all right. You know what? Let's let's hit the few big things and wrap this up because I'm yep. tired. Monsters, dinosaurs. Oh, the Bastilodon, first of all. Yeah. That's a monster. It's yeah. not that huge. You either pick... No, they don't have two entries for it, which confused me because you basically either pick the solar engine or... The, the, uh, the Ark of Sotek. Now, the solar engine, that gives you three attacks, ranged oh, attacks... Yeah. Threes by threes, three rend, three damage. I love how they just simplified this unit. <laughs> yeah. It used so, to be so complicated. If you pick the solar engine, uh, it's one of the following. A solar engine or the arc of Sotek. So the mm-hmm. solar engine, if you pick that, like I said, three attacks, threes by threes, three rend, three damage. It's brutal. Yep. Or it. you can take the arc of Sotek, which is the which is a melee weapon. Mm-hmm. Three inch range, twenty attacks. Yeah, fours by threes, no rend, one damage. But uh, unmodified six, it's a mortal wound. Instead, just do a mortal. Yeah. So twenty th- attacks. Yeah, uh, and the, the tail is not slouch either. Yeah, the tail three. Yeah, it's it's it's. I like the Bastilodon. I always mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. Two up save. Two up. Yes, that's right. It's it's yeah. But it doesn't have those crazy rules anymore. No, where, it, the, where the more you wounded, the less. Whatever. They simplified it. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally got a tiny little entry. I mean, this, you yeah. know, skinks have just the same size entry as this thing now. Basically, I mean, they're with Arc of Sotek, it's two hundred. With Solar Engine, it's two sixty-five. Easy peasy. Yeah. All right, now let's talk Stegodons. Yes. Last thing, Stegodons, fourteen wounds, four up, save. Depending yeah. on whatever flavor, doesn't matter. Yeah, there's three versions of this thing, right? So you got a Stegodon with the hero on it. Mm-hmm. You got a Stegodon, just, just a, a straight Stegodon. With skinks on. Yeah, with with a howda on the back, and the engine of the gods. Yeah, all of them are good in their own ways. All of their stats are very similar. What becomes the big difference is some of the little specialties that they've got. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, the the, the Stegodon Chief and the Stegodon are the same. Yeah, one's just, one's just a hero. Yeah, and I think like they got like, you know, the the hero one you can issue a command to a friendly skink unit without spending a command point. Mm-hmm. You know, and, have, yeah. and they have both, and they have the armored crest rule, which is cool, where like the Stegodon can like point his head at an enemy unit, and it gets plus one save against those attacks, which is awesome. Yeah, but the thing only has a four up save. Yeah. Um. Plus three to bravery of skinks near a stegodon. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got all sorts of cool stuff. You got the sunfire throwers that do yeah. stuff. It's 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 fun. It's a great model. It's a yeah. gorgeous model, I and it the old does. Metal ones. I and I I could see monster mashing with just different ones of all these. Because these are bad. These are battle line and thunder lizard. Of course they are, because so that's have, all you're taking is tons of these. 
Yeah, you're gonna have three. So and then yeah, this and skinks. All right. Um, the engine and, of the gods, though, we should definitely discuss really quickly. Mm-hmm. It's got mm-hmm. the armored crest. Yep. It's but the it's, cosmic engine. The cosmic engine. In your shooting phase, either harness or reserve the power of the cosmic engine. If you harness it, pick one of the effects below and generate a power score by rolling 2d6. If it's reserved the power, nothing happens, but you get an additional die the next time you harness the unit. So in the shooting phase, if I don't use it now, on the next turn I get 3d6. Mm-hmm. Now what happens if I don't use it again? Can I get 4d6? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, right there. Yeah, if you would harvest mm-hmm. it, we get 4d6. Yeah, it does. I didn't even read the designer's note. Okay, <laughs> right in there. Okay, so I roll my dice. On a 2 to 6, nothing happens. On a 7 up, I heal d3 wounds to each friendly Seraphine unit wholly within 6 inches. Cool. Not bad. You just mm-hmm. need a, the, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you choose Bolt of Azure Energy, not on... Two to eight, this unit takes a mortal wound. Yeah. So you really definitely want to get up to three or four D6 before you try one of this. Mm-hmm. On a nine up, pick an enemy unit within 24, roll a number of dice equal to the power score. For each four up, they take a mortal wound. Yeah, getting that up to four or five D6 and throwing that out there mm-hmm. could be pretty good. Time slows. On this one, I like how it gets harder and harder to do these things. Because it's cool because you're running this engine in the middle of a battle trying to pull this magic. This one, on a power score of 2 to 10, the unit takes D3 mortal wounds. 11 plus. So you need an 11 plus. Yeah. Until the end of the turn, strike first for friendly Seraphon units wholly within 6 inches of this. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Um I love this. I love that you got to build up. I love that you got to get the extra D6 and sort of wait and decide what to use. Mm-hmm. Um, because even that, you need a seven. You need at least a seven for any of these to work. Right. You need a seven for healing light. You need a nine for uh, the bolt of energy, and you need an eleven for slowing time. It's none of it's easy. You definitely want to wait for that third D6 at least. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then Starlight Summons. Right. Oh, Power score of 2 to 12. Takes 3 mortal wounds. On a 13 plus, you summon a unit. It's either a Source Warrior unit of 10 or a Skin Cohort unit of 20. The summon unit must be... Yeah, so that's yeah, that's your four options. But I suppose, yeah. you know, if you're waiting on it or if it's not getting in there, if you don't have a reason to use the small ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have any wounds right now. I don't need healing light first turn, and I'm not going to yeah. get the other stuff, so I'm just going to wait and harness. I guess my beef on these is the range on these is kind of low. Yes. So you know, this thing's got to be right in the thick of it. Which it kind of wants to be anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, what else does it do? Oh, yeah. this Once again, like as all Stegodons, bra- skinks around it have plus three to their bravery, which makes them bravery eight, mm-hmm. which is pretty good for, yeah. you know. Yeah. And when you finish a charge move, roll a die, and on a two-up, the unit you charge takes D3 mortal wounds. Standard stuff. Yeah. All of this stuff is really good and fun, and they're not that expensive, which is what's so cool about it is you can take, you can max out on these and still take and have, have a regular army in here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is 300. Yeah. So if you're monster mashing it, that's about half your army and three of those, and then you can take the other half with uh, a couple of characters and and some skinks, I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, I do like, and the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up, and we've just been hitting all the stats, all the info, and I, I get it. It's you know, there's so much here. We kind of we haven't even hit everything, right? But if I mean, if you've been hearing, if you've been listening for the last hour and a half, you'll have noticed the things like plus one to wound, mm-hmm. minus one to hit. You know, all of these those types of things coming in, uh, all the bites doing an extra mortal wound. You know, a lot of those bites times, and uh, you'd look at the numbers. The unit's going to get two mortal wounds, you know? Yeah. Probably with those bite rolls. Mm-hmm. But two mortal wounds at the end of every combat just adds up. Right. And then if you're using all your other abilities to, like, bring your guys back, there's t- there's lots of ways to heal the, the, the units back in here. In both factions, you can heal. Yeah. It's more in the... It seems to be more in the star, star, uh, star right. burn, but, uh, but it's possible in the coalesce to do yeah. it as well. Um, interestingly enough, and I haven't seen this before, um, they do have a piece of faction terrain, the Realm yeah. Shaper engine, and it has different rules. Yeah, depending on which faction you pick. Yeah, starborn or coalesced. Now you set it up the same as every faction. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's impassable. You can't move over it unless you can fly. You can't be on top of it, you know. That's the yeah. same for both. If you're starboard, in your hero phase, if there's a friendly, any friendly Seraphon wizard within three inches, pick another terrain feature on the battlefield and roll a die for each enemy unit within three inches of that feature. Add two to the roll if the terrain feature is within 18 inches. Subtract tool if it's more than 36 inches. On a four-up, the enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. So, Starborn, you pick another terrain feature with an 18, and you only got to roll a Mm two-plus. And for each unit, enemy unit near uh, near that terrain feature. Yeah. That's kind of cool. There was a lot of Seraphon at the team tournament at Adepticon this last year. Yeah. And they all were doing this kind of stuff. It was just, it was just, nah, it was, it was like, oppressive you know you get through that you're going through the game it's like there's so much terrain on those tables yeah like it's almost it's almost impossible to keep your whole army three inches away from all the terrain well yeah and that's but there should be a lot of terrain and that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. now if you take the coalesced realm realm shaper engine plus one to bite rolls for saurus and croxagor units the mighty saurus jaws or vice like jaws if they're within 12 inches of the feature in addition use the top row of damage tables for coalesced monsters if they're within 12 inches mm-hmm. so if you're near this plus one to bite rolls we already got them something that had them plus one to bite rolls so their bite rolls could be technically happening on a four yeah if they're within 12 inches wholly within 12 inches of this thing yeah well if you kind of kind of near the middle if you can manage to get it closer to the middle of the table yeah you know yeah it's yeah. kind of cool. I just like that it has that the actual piece of terrain works differently depending on which yeah, of that, you are using it. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, is there anything else? I mean, we pretty much covered all the super, you know the, the the lore on this is so cool. I was yeah. talking about it with Harrison this morning. I was like, they took lore that nobody really liked <laughs> and that nobody <laughs> understood. Yeah, and they finally worked it out in a way that. Is like okay, that explanation is kind of right, but not quite right because right. those people didn't know what's going on. Yeah, and now we're doing this, and I'm like, this works for me. Yeah, I mean, there's there's grand strategies and battle tactics to. Oh, cover we didn't cover bit. that. Oh, see, oh yeah, okay. I always forget to go back to them. Maybe because I just don't care. I mean, 
they're not super great. They can't have everything, can they? Because they mm-hmm. seem to be crushing it in all these different categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is that? Okay. Page 96, yeah. You want to go over this? I've been yapping yeah, so, the whole time. Yeah, so Realm Shaper Guardians. So Grand Strategies, they have Realm Shaper Guardians. Um, if, so you have a your Coalesce Realm Shaper Engine or Starborn. There are no enemy models within a foot of it, and it was not affected by a successful smash to rubble. That's one of them. Okay. Uh, repel corruption. When this battle ends, you complete this grand strategy if there are no enemy units wholly within your territory. That's doable, I guess. Yeah. Continuous expansion. When this battle ends, you complete this grand strategy if there's at least one friendly Seraphon unit wholly within each large quarter of the battlefield. That one That's is not doable. That's possible. Yeah. That's totally doable, For, especially if you try yep. to keep stuff near the you, you you know near the near the near the end of the game, get them towards the center so they can go wherever yeah. they need to be. Yeah, as long as you're planning for it, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, further the great plan, when the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy if you completed four or more battle tactics in each of those battle tactics from the march of the Seraphon host table below. So once that again, if you if you yeah. are going if you're gonna pick off here, that one is the one to take. If you know yeah. you're gonna stick with these. So then there's the battle tactics. These are tricky, I think. Um, first one, pick three different friendly Seraphon monsters. You complete this tactic if each of those units runs in the following movement phase and finishes that run within six inches of at least one of the other units you picked and wholly within enemy territory. <laughs> it, that one's not bad, except for the last sentence, the last part of it. Well, I mean, you just can't pick it turn one. Right. You just can't run with them and keep them all together. You have to yeah. run and keep them together later. That's actually right. not that hard if you can get the three units if, together if like you, that. If you can keep them alive, you know, long, well, I mean, long enough to pull it off. They're right? Seraphon monsters. First of all, you got to have yeah. three monsters. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right there. That's that's you're playing the, the thunder. The you know right. you're playing yep. thunder guys. You know. Yep. So celestial obliteration. The next one. Pick an enemy unit on the battlefield. You complete this tactic if that unit is destroyed this turn by mortal wounds caused by a spell or the abilities of an endless spell. Uh, that's risky. Yeah. Uh, over unless there's like a guy with like one wound left. You know, yeah, okay. and you got a bunch of <laughs> arcane <yeah>. bolt. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, overwhelming numbers. Pick one objective controlled by the enemy. You complete this tactic at the end of this turn if you control that objective and all friendly units contesting have the skink keyword. These are so specific. I mean, mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. books, you hit them, and they're so simple. Yeah. Apex Predator, pick an enemy monster. You complete this tactic at the end of this turn. If that enemy unit was destroyed by an attack made by a friendly Seraphon monster. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Do- it's doable. Doable, yeah. But you have to you have to like find an opportunity to do it. It's not something you can set up necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. Cold-blooded resilience. Pick a friendly source or crux score unit within three inches of an enemy unit. You complete this tactic at the end of this turn if that unit was not destroyed, did not retreat, and was not removed from the battlefield. That one you can do. Yeah. That one's not too bad. Uh, pack hunters. I like how they enemy. added not removed from the battlefield. So yeah. I, I can't pick him and then teleport him away from everything. Yeah. Well, you. Uh, no, because when you teleport him, you remove him from the battlefield and replace them somewhere else. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, so you couldn't use that spell on him. Nope. They have to stay there. They, they have, have to stay stand there, there and yeah, keep yeah. fighting. Yeah. Okay, Pack Hunters, last one. Pick an enemy unit within three inches of only one friendly Agrodon unit. You complete this tactic if at the end of the turn that unit is within three inches of two or more 
friendly Agrodon units. That one's that one's doable. totally doable. If you, yeah, if you have two units of Agrodons. Which, if you're going to play that, I mean, you might. I mean, there, there, you can play a whole Cav army with this if you if you pick oh, the right thing, yeah. and it could be oh, yeah. so much fun. Mm-hmm. Just flying around the battlefield with that stuff. So that is pretty much that. And they have a pretty crappy core battalion, which you've never used. So yeah, and it's got it. It's, it doesn't have magnificent in it, so I'm not interested. Yeah, no, and it's. <laughs> Yeah, and plus, what has it got? Slayers and Swift. Two, once per battles, one unit from the battalion can get a special thing without a command. Big deal. Yeah, it's like a, you have to have a, a Stegadon chief I'm always, as your, I'm as looking, your leader. Yep. Two monsters, either Basilidon or Stegadon. Two units. Optional, optional to have Croxigors, another Engine of the Gods, and, and a, spawn. a Spawn of Kotek. Just done. Uh, I don't know why. That takes us on a whole page of this when, book. When I'm looking at battalions, I'm looking for Magnificent yeah. or Unified. Right. Those are the two that mean something. Right. Ugh. All right. So now, let's wrap now this up. Now we've done it. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. we got to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, I had fun with this. I actually really... <laughs> I did. I really... I, mm-hmm. I love this book. There's just so much. And, you know... I, we complain when we get stuff. We complain when we don't. This mm-hmm. book really it gives you a lot of details for the four factions, but then the none of the, almost none of the units are keyworded. It's only those three from the uh, Underworld Warband that are yeah. all co- listed as coalesced. They're the mm-hmm. only three in the book, right? right? Mm-hmm. So this leaves it open. I could take whatever I want with whatever I want in any army I want, right? right. You know what I'm saying? I could just take whatever mm-hmm. I want. Um. I kind of wish it had some more things. I, I wish it had a little more keywords or, or locks in certain things. Um, just because sometimes I kind of like a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, we were complaining about last time how certain, you know, we had too many factions with too many <laughs> we keyboard, did. keywords. So, uh, you know, that, on, that, there's, you in know, the Soul Blight Gravelord's book. It's yeah. Like, oh, you either get a bajillion or you get none. So this one we got none, but I think that's really I I, I love the fact that we we've you know you can so is, build so whatever is, you want. So with this it. is the latest book, right? Yeah. So do you feel there's like power creep happening? Is this book a bajillion times more powerful than some of the earlier books, like Night Haunt or say Stormcast or? Fire Slayer. It's, it's, it's good. It's powerful. It's, I, I don't know if it's overpowered. I haven't seen it getting played. Yeah. I, I know. It doesn't feel you, overpowered to me. No. It's got. The things it does, it does pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't have it all because the points are going to keep you from having it all. Yeah. But you can. The, the, it's got what I like. It's got variety. Yeah. It's got little or no one pluses. Although you mentioned the Astrolith Bearer. I think he's a one plus. I mean, you, okay, you're going to have almost all your heroes are wizards except for your Saurus. Mm-hmm. Unless you're taking all Saurus, you're going to have which a... You, which some, you, know. you could definitely do, and that yeah. army would rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Astrolith Bearer, I can't see not putting him in the army. Right. But not because he's super OP, but it's just because he is effective on every level. Mm-hmm. You know, him just by himself, you look at him, you're like, oh, okay, he's an okay, he's okay. 
but it's what he does for the rest of the army that yeah, you, there's yeah. no reason not to have him. You may not have <laughs> right. to, you may not have to use all of his special mm-hmm. abilities in the game you're playing. Mm-hmm. But it's good to have him there. And if you're going to a tournament, he's he, like it's a utility piece. Yes. It's those a really always good co- utility those always piece. come in handy. But that's the only one that I'm like it's going to be in every army. Yeah. You know? What was the what was that ability that you could make his ward 5 up? You remember uh, what that was? Hold on, that was now, which guy was that that had the the five up or the six up ward? That's, that's the astralith bearer who has got the who's got the six up ward save within range. Yes, and then there was there was an ability in here somewhere where you could boost that to five up. Yes, oh, let here me it find is. That. here. It is. It's protection of the old ones. It's a uh, ten cosmic power points. Right. Uh, yeah. Friendly units affected by that. I have a five up ward instead of a six up. That's not bad because when you know what it actually means. See, this is why. When we do these book reviews, I get so irritated and I and I get <laughs> angry with myself because it's like that's why I asked which way should we do this because a lot of the things they're talking about it's like I don't know what this is until I go in and look for the thing, yeah, in the book. Um, Seraphon units wholly within twelve inches. Mm-hmm. That's God. big, man. That's big. That's a big bubble. And then you use the cosmic power points and make it a five if you really need it. Yeah, I mean, you should be getting. You should have ten cosmic power points. Depends on a, lo- a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. has to be at the start. Uh, when well, do you but, use? But you're taking a starborn army if you're talking about cosmic mm-hmm. power points. Yeah, so you're, you're right, taking right. at least a slan. You're probably mm-hmm. taking croak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would. I croak and a slan, <sighs> man. One, I'm two, telling you, right? That that that's six fifty seven hundred points. But then that the. <laughs> But that's uh, it's just that's gonna. uh, You can take an all just a bunch of skinks too at no slam, like you said, Mm -hmm. and they've still got good spells, good things they're doing, and you can. It's just, it's I don't know. It's however you want to play it. But yeah, that five up ward. Now I'm and I'm and I know what you're thinking right now. I know Mm -hmm. you're picturing that guy on the table, and you're picturing that twelve inch radius bubble around. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking this would be so much better if I had another one. Right, and you had each one about ten inches up, mm-hmm. up from, or twelve inches up from the side of the board. Mm-hmm. Now you've got this huge, over, you know, this huge part. Of, everything's got a five-up ward save. Yeah, like your whole army. Well, you have <laughs> to spend all, that ten every turn to, for the five-up ward. But even the yeah. six-up ward, like if you even don't the have the points up, to spend, it's like yeah, every, but the five-up ward is twice as effective. Well, you know yes, I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the maths. Yeah, it's, I know, it's great. Like twenty. Saurus Warriors with a three-up save on an objective with a five-up ward. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're, just not, they're, just, they're just not going anywhere. This, uh, there's so, God, there's so much going on with this army. Mm-hmm. I get so excited. I'm, I'm really, I'm actually, I got to tell you, I'm excited for, for Rotor because <laughs> he, no, but this, I mean, this has been his army since it came out. Like, as long as he's been playing, he's been playing this, you know? Yeah, I this had a, has I had always a, I been had... the army he's had, and he stopped playing it because it wasn't very sweet for a while. Mm. And I, I'm reading this stuff in this book, and I'm like, wow, he could just do all sorts of cool stuff, and you yeah. could just really. And Maybe I have a Generation One Lizard Man army from the what, fifth edition yeah. starter box: Bretonians versus Lizard Man. If you're not, uh, I'm just. Uh, 
even if you're mm-hmm. not into that much into the magic part, you take a, you know, because then you, you play Coalesced and you just got tons yeah. of Saurus running up the field. You can go up the guts with this army if you want to, or well, you we can, already we already talked about yeah. how you can just take you could just run three Carnosaurs <laughs> up the first turn, take first turn, run them up ten inches in the hero phase, and then move 10 inches again, and then charge. I mean, yeah, that's a thing. And you got all the Saurus running up behind them. Yep. Yeah, you can totally do that. It's crazy. Yeah. You just, I, throw, you just throw an Old Blood, two Scar veterans on Carnosaurs, and you just go to town. I don't know how much that would cost. The army has so much potential. Yeah, I mean, Car- Saurus Old Blood's 285. Scar vets are 255. I mean, that's... That's a, that's a half your army, but they're going to occupy the other guy's entire army. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While they do that. And then they're you're gonna running up. They're going to they're gonna kill a lot of stuff. And then you got like, what, four or five units of Saurus just charging up behind them. Yep. Just battering rams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Listen, are you ready? We're going to wrap this up. Okay. All right, folks. 10, 10, once again, want to thank our Patreon sponsors that includes our associate producers jake c james brown old man yeti george Stradone, and our executive producer scotty milne thank you guys and thank you to all of our other patreon patrons uh for being part of that one percent we really do appreciate it and check the patreon page please uh take the survey that kind of thing all right all right chris um what's next i'm not even certain i just know we covered all the books that are out I think I, I know there's something we haven't. Gen- I don't even. General's General's handbooks coming out soon. Yeah, that's. Th- th- when did what did they they just post it up? What's up? What's coming up for pre-order? July first. But what's coming up? The, the General's, General's handbook. General's is that handbook, the only thing? General's handbook and I think the Dawnbringer Crusade book. Oh, that Dawnbringer. Okay, that I'm excited about. As soon as we as soon as we can, I wanna I wanna look at that because that looks really rad. Yeah, I mean we can. Yeah, yep. So, but if if not, if it's not out by the next time we record, which is probably going to be next week because we're behind, um, we could just talk about our hobby and just have a fun, relaxing yeah. episode. Just all the well, things I mean, we're doing. We can. Well, or we, we can we'll actually have a you know just have a have a you know a yeah. toolbox segment. Yeah, yeah. Or we could talk off air about how I think we can. Well. I don't know how that works, so I'll I'll ask you. Okay. (laughs) All right, folks. Here we go. Until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful, no, no despair, except in failure. Oh, Sigmar.